Hello and welcome to episode 67 of the Ram Nintendo Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Jose. And this episode is Gotta Catch Em Everywhere. Since these last couple weeks, Pokemon's really been popping up everywhere. There's been Pokemon Battle Trozy, which will have impressions of later in the show. And there's been the Pokemon Google Maps April Fool's thing, where literally everyone was catching Pokemon all over the world, or at least the digital map of the world. Did you know it actually skyrocketed Google Maps to the number one spot in the App Store? No, I guess everyone that just wanted to get the everyone just, just wanted, for that. Exactly, yeah. But uh, it also played at all. It, it was kind of cool. We'll talk about it later in the show and share our thoughts on that and what it can mean in terms of like Nintendo's strategies for mobile going forward. But also worth noting, 17th anniversary of the Pokemon cartoon was these past couple weeks. So if you didn't feel old before, now you do. Yikes. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, honestly, with so much, like, with all that Pokemon stuff, it makes sense for theme this episode around Pokemon, but we could have just as easily themed it around, like, Mario's leisurely hobbies, because there's been a ton of new Mario Kart 8 news, there's been some new Mario Golf World Tour news, and we'll be discussing both of those this episode, plus we have Smash Bros, Sonic Lost World's new Zelda Zone, Tomodachi Collection coming stateside, Game Boy Advance Virtual Console games, and a whole bunch of indie happenings all to go through, so it's a pretty big episode of a lot of little things. Um, as always, there's timestamps on the site at ramtown.com, episode 67, if you want to jump to the second century to you, but I guess you being the listener, not you being Jose, uh, you're here for two full hours, Jose, um, or however long it says, uh, you sound thrilled. But yeah, I guess we should just jump in with probably what the biggest news was, which happened just a few days ago, and that is Mario Kart 8. There's a bit of a blowout of new Mario Kart 8 information. Yeah, we auto-get started. We auto-get started. Wow, why did I even repeat it? Repeating it made it worse. Should just let it slide yeah, by. Don't, don't acknowledge him. I should, you're right. But then it just sounds like auto misspoken. No. But uh, but yeah, so Mario Kart 8, on this past Thursday, Nintendo at midnight just released a whole bunch of stuff. So the game, they released a new trailer, new details. The game itself, the trailer looks like incredible. It looks really, really, really good. Like, I, I mean, what what do you think of it? Um... I don't know how cool it is. It feels really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can't, I don't know. Can you find the right words? Yeah, it was like, well, first of all, it was just like. Well, fine. I guess, like, besides just looking so good, like, it just looked, um. It looked as as good as you could make Mario Kart possibly look. It like, looked CG at times. Yeah, like, yeah, that was actually some, one thing I was going to say. That, um, there were parts of it that looked like, oh, this could have been, like, the, the type of CG you see if it was, like, a Mario Kart short. Yeah. Like an actual, like, little animated cartoon, because usually the quality of those are, like, way higher, but mm-hmm. at times it did look that good. Yeah, like, I think it's a lot, a lot of it had to do with the lighting, which just, like, the lighting was insane. Like, it looks really well lit. Like, there's uh, Moo Moo Meadows, which is one of the returning tracks. Like, there's sun, it's sunset during the tracks, so there's all these long shadows, and, like, there's reflections in the puddles as you drive over them. In, yeah. uh, in the desert track, I don't remember, I think it's the one from the Wii version, uh, or the 3DS version, um, there's tr- tire marks left in the track when yeah, you drive the clouds, yeah. yeah and like even like i don't know if you saw mario's mustache was blowing in the wind like if mario's mustache is blowing in the wind you're in for a good game if they're paying attention to that little thing yeah. so yeah it looked it looked really 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 good yeah, it was really nice seeing um i guess footage of a game that actually made me feel like whoa like graphics wise i mean like this yeah. generation has kind of been like, like oh cool it just looks really cool like oh yeah this little texture is nice but <laughs> this it, one texture right there all well, well, i mean I like, like donkey kong like yeah. that was probably like the only part of the game that like that really oh like his fur yeah yeah but this one it was like whoa like it made the other, whole thing it made like the games on the other consoles kind of look 
Like, and it looked like it could be run on the other consoles. Yeah, like, you know, it's. I think it's a mix of the art style and just the sheer. It looks like Mario Galaxy all over again. Yeah, and the the thing was like Mario Three D World. I was like, wow, this looks great. It's probably like the pinnacle of what the Wii U can do. And then this comes out, this trailer, and it's like, never mind. Yeah, I think well, Nintendo already figured out HD really well. Yeah, and the thing is, for when you play one or two players, it runs at sixty frames per second, seven twenty p the entire time. So it's gonna be super smooth too. Three to four players, it drops down to thirty frames because there's you know four times the stuff going on. Is it, but, one, is it 1080 with one person? Uh, I don't think it's 1080 at any point. I mean, it'll upscale, but it natural oh, yeah. out the natural resolution. Yeah, but I mean, out, 60 natural. frames is really what we could really tell. Yeah, 60 versus 30 is what really matters in a racing game. But in addition to just looking gorgeous, Nintendo also gave some new information on what's in the game, and uh, I think. Uh, they really covered all their bases. Like, as is now the norm, there's going to be um, 32 tracks in Mario Kart 8, 16 classics, 16 returning, and... Did I do that math wrong? No, I did that math right. <laughs> and, uh... Yeah, it's like any other Mario Kart. Yeah, yeah. And well, but for a second, I was like, 16 plus 16. Is that 32? Well, yes, it is. But yeah, we don't, um... We won't really talk about the new tracks too much, I guess, because it's kind of like how you describe a track you've never seen before out loud to someone who might not have seen it either. There's also really no point describing them right now. Exactly. I mean, it's when we play it. Yeah. Yeah. But I, mean, I will mention one cool thing is that they're really emphasizing the anti-gravity gameplay in the new tracks and the old tracks. Like, it's not just, uh, it's not just like, oh, look, you're on a wall now. Like, there's one new track, I think it's called, like, Swamp Ruins or something. At one point, there are five different paths you can take through the same section, depending on if you want to hang glide, go underwater, go on the wall, go through a secret. Like, it's, they're doing a lot of that, apparently, which is yeah. very cool. But, also, I also want to note, like, the before this trailer came out, like, maybe a week ago, mm-hmm. I was playing Mario Kart with my brother and another friend, and we were talking about, like, well, they should, like, we were talking about tracks that they should make, like, oh, they should add Royal Raceway, they should add, um... Didn't we have this conversation? Wasn't I one of the friends? <laughs> we, mm-hmm. You and me talked about Toad's Turnpike, which... Toad's Turnpike? Which was added to the game. Yeah. As was Royal... No, but Royal... I distinctly remember, it was, um, it was with a Kevin. Oh. Yeah. That's how I remember. Yes. Yeah. One of the many... There are many Kevins in Jose's life. Two? That's many. Compared to zero, that's many. No. Well, yeah, so, so, so it was nice seeing that track there. I mean, no, it was just cool. Like, oh, it's there. And yeah. Mark, oh, and Rainbow Road, oh my god. Yeah, that was... Okay, so here... Well, first we should probably... So what's returning? We might as well cover those real quick. So we know that uh, Cheap Cheap Beach and TikTok Clock from DS are back. We Mario Kart DS. Moo Moo Metals is back from the Wii version. That's DK, way different. Yeah, totally different. Uh, DK Jungle is back from the 3DS version. Toad's Turnpike and Royal Roadway, as you just said, are back from Mario Kart 64. And, of course, Rainbow Road is back from the N64 one. And it looks insane. Like, when I got that part of the trailer, I watched it, like, four times. I'm not even kidding. And just, like, they add the train, the yeah. coin train in there from uh, World. and I think it's from World, right? Yeah. And everything is just like, oh, man, that, that it's so great. And, like, the city lights below. And they kept the fireworks that outline the character. Oh, it's so good. So good. Yeah. And that's only one of two Rainbow Roads. Like, I have a brand new one, which they say is going to be the pinnacle of the game's, like, visuals. Well, so, they usually are, but yeah. Yeah, but I mean, if compared, if they could somehow top the, that Rainbow Road they already showed, that's going to be impressive. Mm-hmm. But... I'm going to expect, like, crazy loop-de-loop then. Just... A track that just looks crazy from, like, far away. Yeah. You know, the one downside to the new Rainbow Road is it's not three laps anymore. It's now one lap. Because it was, as you may recall, in Kart 64, it was a long lap each time. So now they just are doing one, apparently. Yeah, I'm okay, I'm okay with that. I don't know if I'm okay with that. Part of it was, like, the endurance test of, like, can you hold first that long? But, oh. but I, I'll, I'll just take the redesign. Yeah. It's fine. It is worth mentioning, though, that uh, since we were talking about anti-gravity gameplay before, uh, the anti-gravity is more than just, look, you can drive on walls. It actually has a pretty big effect on the race on the carts in the race themselves because unlike in normal Mario Kart, you know, you hit someone, you get slowed down. So you're told not to play bumper cars, basically. But with anti-gravity, they're encouraging it. You, When you hit someone, you go into what they're calling a spin boost, 
where it kind of ricochets you off them at a heightened speed and kind of ahead. So it's going to basically completely change how people play online. Yeah, and there's also obstacles throughout the map that you actually want to bump into that yep. will give you speed boost. Right, because they can ricochet you, and they can like, ricochet you down separate paths and everything too, so... But it's, uh, it, what, what I'm a little concerned about, like, that's cool and all, like, it's really going to change the dynamic, which is nice, but what I'm a little concerned about is are people going to find a way to abuse it, kind of like they found a way to abuse power sliding and make snaking out of it, which I know a lot of people are like, that's not abusing, that's utilizing to its maximum potential, it's a good thing, but, you know, Nintendo clearly has one thing in mind for uh, the anti-grav stuff, are people going to somehow manipulate it to their advantage, like, it seems like it's not... I don't see how they can, because, I mean, if you're going to be, like, really good and you're going to be ahead of everyone else, there's no one to bump into. Yeah, I and... guess my only concern is are people just going to purposely drive sideways into uh, racers. Like, are they just going to purposely stay in the middle of a pack and slow down so they keep pace with people, just so they can then keep, bunch, like, ricocheting off them um, in yeah, the third but, lap and but, boost but, but then that just seems, like, counterintuitive, like... I'm no, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait back. Well, no, because it could be like, yeah, I'm gonna wait back until the third lap, and then here I am in a pack of four people, and I'll ricochet off all four, get a quadruple boost, hypothetically, and just barrel ahead and guarantee my first place at that time when there won't be items, because it's like you know. The I very mean, they're on a roll. I can see that, but I mean, yeah. everyone does get the boost too, so that's true. Oh, that's true. Well, never mind that theory then. So they won't be shot that far ahead of everybody. That's true. Another another uh, actually major gameplay mechanic change that I just thought of that I forgot that they were even doing. Um they are killing the ability to hold an item while you have another item. It used to be, you know, if you have three shells around you, you can get a second item and have it in, a, in your reserve, so to speak. Now, the shell stays. Even when the shells are around your cart, it stays in your item slot. So you can't have, like, a backup item ready to go. You yeah. only get one at any one moment. You can still drag them behind you as defense, but they will not let you have a second item as you're dragging the first one. So it's really weird and different, but I'm okay with that too. I'm okay with them like just changing it completely. Just so yeah, it's it gonna feel more like a different game. Yeah, it's going to have to... People are going to have to come up with new strategies because I do that all the time where I'll have an iron in reserve. Yeah, usually like when you're in first place, you feel super safe when you're holding like three bananas behind you and like triple shells because like, oh, no red shell, they're going to hit me for a long time. Yeah, totally. Unless a blue shell comes along, but... Which, again, like in 7, it stays on the ground, Mario Kart 64 style. And hits anyone in its way, but it doesn't yeah. like do but a then big it, explosion or like a. a that does. Well, it doesn't do like it doesn't do like in double dash or where I mean, it's like this huge cloud and like. Because I saw the um, throughout the trailer, throughout some of the gameplay, I saw like some people get hit by blue shells, and it still looked like a huge explosion. Yeah, I guess I should. Like, I mean, it stays it's on, not... it, like it stays on the ground, and then right before, and when it gets to the person, it goes up in the air and just explodes on them. Oh, okay, yeah, I haven't watched all the gameplay footage. Yet. Like, I, I watched. Saw some. I watched a lot. Of I watched stuff. like a couple of the comparison ones, and I'm like, why am I spoiling this for myself? Oh. And just stopped. It was hard to stop. I'll admit, especially like browsing Go Nintendo. It's like seven pages straight of videos. And I'm just like, I want to click so bad. But uh, yeah, it is worth mentioning. Though, why I did see the tracks are returning. They're actually really different. Like you said about, uh, what was it, Moo Moo Mouse, I think? Yeah. Yeah, and like Toad's Turnpike, it's much wider. They have new trucks that you can jump off well, of. You can go up the walls. Track. Yeah, they're basically new tracks, which is cool because in some of the other Mario Kart. They're like inspired by Toad's yeah, Turnpike. <laughs> exactly, because like in some of the other Mario Karts, the classic tracks were literally just like, hey, look, it's that one track from the Super Nintendo one, but the walls now are in 3D instead of just little flat sprites. So it's cool that they're actually like building them out, mm. flushing them out. Um, one thing we're not getting, speaking of tracks, is Rock have custom tracks, which is something that was rumored for a while and that was kind of in demand. Uh, the producer of the game, who we actually, I believe, saw at the Nintendo E3 thing at Best Buy, hit, uh, I think we met. Was he one of the ones? No, he's not one of the ones we met. 
uh, Hideki Kono, I believe is how you say his name. Yeah. Yeah, Kono. Uh, he he was saying during a roundtable interview with the press that they are purposely not doing a track editor anytime soon because they spend so much time fine-tuning every single track for multiple playthroughs, like endless playthroughs, that they feel that if someone makes their own track, it might not have that same appeal. And people will play it and be like, this, this is lame and only play it once or twice. And they want to make every track in Mario Kart be ultimate replay value. So until they figure out a way to make it so everyone's track, no matter what, is always maximum replay value they're yeah, purposely and, leaving it out and every track does look like um it doesn't look just like oh they just created like this pavement yeah go around everything it looks like they're very like, like it's part of that world that they're in mm-hmm. totally and like not only that but also um with all these branching paths that they're now doing like you can't do that in a custom track editor very easily so they're gonna feel if they were to do a track editor you can't put five different routes to the same thing like it's yeah. impossible so and even so like um i mean even if it's not that big of a deal because the backgrounds i guess in the end don't affect the actual gameplay yeah but if you make a track editor they're all just gonna be well actually i take that back um monish and racers had a pretty robust track editor and that you add like buildings and but even then I, I mean, it's, it's still like very rudimentary tracks no, yeah, it's, right? it wasn't anywhere near like the detail and with the, the charm the charm and care that Nintendo puts into every single track they make. Um, but outside of tracks, because we've been talking about tracks for like a good little while now. Outside of tracks, they had other things to announce, too. Um, in the trailer, they showed two brand new items in Mario Kart 8. The first is the Boomerang Flower, which comes from uh, Mario 3D Land. And in it, with it, players have the ability to throw a boomerang at opponents either in front of them or behind them. And they can, uh, when they throw the boomerang, it stuns the opponent for a moment, and they can do this three times. So boomerang, you throw it, it comes back, you throw it again, it comes back, you do it one more time, and then it's gone. So yeah. that's kind of cool in the sense that's like a shell that you can, like, hypothetically, you could keep stunning the same person. Yeah. So, I mean, it could, and I don't know if, when they say stun, I don't know if they mean... I'm pretty sure it just means, like... I don't know if it means, like, with the shell where they flip over, if it means, like, you just are on autopilot for a second, or if you just kind of stop, but then get your no, I think momentum it's more like back. Slip on a banana kind of thing. You don't... Alright, that makes sense. ...help it that much, but... Yeah. But it's nice to see them referencing the newer 3D land and game and the newer 3D world, even yeah, more was, so. When I first saw the shell... I mean, the shell. The item, I thought, like, oh, it's kind of nice to have an item you can shoot forwards and backwards. But then in a Christian way, you can shoot every item forward yeah. and backwards. But Nintendo, for some reason, felt the need to really emphasize that the boomerang goes both directions. Like, yeah. in their press release, well, like, the boomerang, forward or backwards. Like, yeah. yeah, but I think the big thing is that it hits people on the way back. So. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like a double whammy. You, you could hypothetically throw it into so a crowd like, of people and hit like three of them. Yeah, so it's almost like four projectiles. Basically, it's the red shell with unlimited ammo. Sort of. In the idea that like when you hit someone, it's not dead. It keeps going. Yeah. So unlimited ammo is maybe not the right word. Unlimited health? I don't know what to call it. It's its own thing. <laughs> yeah, and also its own thing, and this one isn't front and back, is uh, the piranha plant, which taken from our 3D world, you can carry. it's carried around in a little pot of its own it's a potted plant it has wheels it attaches to the front of your cart and what it does is it will chomp at other characters that come by you it will chomp away banana peels on the track it'll chomp away shells that may be coming towards you it's basically or it'll like, chomp at the air or it'll just chomp at the air it's basically a shield it's a glorified shield that can also reach out and attack people when you're near them yep. and it gives you a little boost every time it does yeah. so every time you get one boost. thing i noticed on one of the the gameplay footage that i saw i think i saw there was like a blue shell coming like did it chomp it out no, I did, well, it was, like, coming oh, from okay. behind, because you know how it stays on the ground? Yeah. And I think Bowser had, like, one of the piranha plants, and then it hit Bowser, but Bowser didn't act stunned. The piranha plant just disappeared. So I'm like, Interesting. Oh. So, so it really is a shield. Yeah, and it's weird, because it, it hit Bowser it. from behind, so I guess... I mean, either they're still fine-tuning it, or... Yeah. It acts like uh, a one-hit, one one-free-hit. Well, it is worth noting... And it's on a timer. 
Right, yeah, it's on a timer, much like uh, the Star or one of those sort of things. But it is worth noting that uh, it, it isn't a final build. All these videos we're seeing, Nintendo said that the features are set, but the build is not final. So it's possible that it could have been a glitch, who knows. But these aren't the only new items, either. Uh, Nintendo's only announced these two so far, but some people noticed in the trailer uh, that there are unannounced items appearing in the item roulette wheel thing. Well, that means someone could have gotten them in the footage? No, just... they, uh, Nintendo could just turn them off to have them. Mm. Because they weren't in the demo, they were in the trailer. Yeah. Different things. Uh, in this oh, regard. good point. Yeah. But, so what the items were, which is kind of interesting, is one of them looks kind of like that cannon block you can grab in, like, Mario. But instead of a cannon, it looks like a speaker. Yeah, it's like the can. it's either like the cannon block or the light block. Or those little speaker box enemies. They're all kind of the same looking. Like, they're the box with the little, like, megaphone-style mouthpiece. And we have no idea what it does, but if it's a cannon block, it makes perfect sense. It'll shoot little cannonballs. Probably rapid fire, if I had to guess. Just to mm. differentiate it from other items. So it'd just be a stream of cannonballs coming out of your cart. Mm. Uh, it or could be that. Or kind of like the cannon. I mean, I thought it's the cannon, but... Whoa. I thought. <laughs> Our mm. timer. If anyone was ever wondering how we get the timestamps, we have a timer. And it just went off. And we will still have timestamps somehow. Anyway. Oh, <laughs> you so saying. Saying, yeah, so like in Mario 3D World or whatever, like when you shoot the cannon, it just goes a set amount of distance. It just goes a set distance and just explodes. Right. And oh, yeah. I don't think we had an item that just goes a set distance and just goes off. I don't. I guess that could work. I feel like that not. I guess it makes. I feel like that would be weird in Mario Kart because it's like you could it's shoot. Range down. Oh, I guess. The, like range it, it, That's a boomerang. I mean, it only goes so far. Yeah. So. Well, in that case, that's more evidence that it might be that. Because they're now experimenting with range items in that case. No. So it could be that, or if it, it could be something involving music somehow. It could be a speaker yeah, box a sound, and oh, some sort of sound. It could be a sound. It doesn't have to yeah. actually hit someone. It could just push. Yeah. Which could be interesting because I don't think we've had an item that just pushes. Well, a mushroom in some way. Oh, you mean push the opponent? Yeah. yeah. Like, like it shoots a wave. A sound wave that the... pushes them to the side. Yeah. Oh, that'd be cool if it shoots like, all cool. around you. So maybe you're like near, like on a rickety bridge or something. Just that'd be super. Knock cool. everyone off. You know, I feel like Mario Kart Arcade really had nice. something like that kind of. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they switch it up. Not the uh, arcade one we played, one of the earlier ones, but because oh, uh, no. there's like three, and they do have a they do have a music note, but I'm not oh, sure what it does. Right. Um, I don't remember what it does, but uh, yeah, we'll know about that soon enough. I'm sure. The other item is an eight, just just an eight, like the logo. So it's either one of two things. I think it's either like the equivalent of the Lucky Seven item from Mario Kart Seven, where it's just a bunch of items. When you're basically when you really suck, and Nintendo's like, "Oh, I feel sorry for you here." Take seven items. Yeah, please just take seven. They still won't help you. Uh, it's either it's either that, or oh, someone could steal them. I remember stealing a few stuff. Oh yeah, you just people. drive up next to him. Yeah, or uh, the other thing it could be possibly is some sort of anti grav thing. It'd be kind of cool if, like, oh, they changed the gravity in or, the course. Or just mix your car, your car anti-grav, so you could bump into people and you start getting boosts like crazy. Yeah. Or it could be that, or actually, that's a good idea. Or I was even thinking something like it would just turn off anti-grav. So if you're, like, on a wall or something, it would just force, like, kind of like how lightning shrinks everyone, it could just force everyone back onto the road. But there's some tracks that only have anti-grav. Well, it only work, I, only when there's multiple. See, but then that's yeah, that's for work, an item right. to only work on Okay, so it has to be on the card. I, 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 I think it just makes. I think it would just make your your card just yours go anti grab mode, so you could get boost whenever. For the center Nintendo, if that's not what you're doing, you should hire Jose and do that because that's actually a really good idea. I didn't think of that. Because I mean, idea. eight items that sounds like a lot of items, but it might be that too. Yeah, but, no, it's a low. But I'm pretty sure it's just anti grab mode for your car. Yeah. Um, oh, also, coins are now an item again. You could get like in. This hasn't happened since Super Mario Kart, but like in Super Mario Kart, you can get an item which just gives you two or three coins, which seems like a total waste, and I would, and I'm gonna hate it. Luckily, I mean, it increases your maximum speed. So. That's true, but luckily, 
if we do hate items, they're addressing that. In Mario Kart 7, you could have communities where you could have certain things like mushroom only or whatever. Oh, yeah. But based on that same roundtable with Kono, uh, IGN reported that they are most likely going to allow for more item customization. Hypothetically, something Smash like... Smash Brothers status? Maybe. Pro- I, they didn't exactly say, but they it, it's, it's implied that it's like, if you don't want Blue Shell, turn it off and leave everything else on. So yeah, it would have to be like Smash Bros. That's the only next step they can do. Yeah, you can't... No. But I guess the the communities must have been successful in Mario Kart 7 that they decided to just build it into the game itself for all, you yeah, know, all as, purpose. As random as Mario Kart is, and as, like, I don't know, like, I really like to play competitive. Well, I wouldn't say super competitive, but I don't think I would ever turn off items. Seems yeah, like, no, it seems like it seems it's... integral part of Mario the Kart's not a skill racer, I feel like. I feel yeah, like it's it a... Is, but I, I feel like it, if you just do it based solely on skill with no random elements of items or anything, it kind of loses it. It does get boring kind of fast. Yeah, that's what I mean. But I still... But, I mean, like... Skill is definitely involved a lot. Yeah, it's, I just meant it's not skills Cause I, only. Yeah, because I still like, think someone that is really good at the game could beat someone that is average. Even well, with, yeah, like, of course. Of, of course, like, yeah. Like, I can beat people that don't play Mario Kart very much, easily. But there's still... It's true. I'm getting funny looks. It's true. <laughs> uh, but Mario Kart's one of the few games I'm good at, I like to think. But um, certainly better than Smash Bros. But... What was I trying to say? Uh, I don't know if I was going to say I could attest to that, but... Yeah, you, thank you. Thank you, you're vouching. Did you say you could test it out? You're vouching for yeah. me, right? Okay, thank you. That like bad Smash Bros, but better. I'm taking it as a compliment. I'm bad Smash Bros, but better at Mario Kart. Uh, doesn't mean I'm good, I'm just better. <laughs> anyway, uh, what I was say is, yeah, like the random elements definitely play a role. Uh, there's new characters as well. I'm just kind of going down the list here that Nintendo put out. Um, of course, they're not actually new, they're just returning. We now know that Shy Guy, Mel Mario, and Lakitu will be in this Mel version. Mario. And that's on top of... With his weird voice again. I, I mean... <laughs> his, I, I, his, he sounds like he's drowning every time he talks. And I'll admit, like, I think he looks cool, but... It just seems like a waste of a slot. Just because it's like, yeah. oh, let's just take a character and just change his texture. And that's it. I mean, yeah, they, they're making him talk backwards. Wow, why is it doing What that? is wrong with your timer? I don't know. I don't know how to work the stopwatch Let me see the alarm. Uh, well, well, keep talking. Oh, so... Oh, I feel like they... They wasted an opportunity making the just, make, no just making like a metal block like as yeah. an item, and maybe instead of oh, like, that would have been cool. And maybe like make the person invincible, but instead of like giving them a speed boost and invincible like the star, it just it makes c- you invincible. So you don't get a speed invincible, boost. maybe heavier. Yeah, that's right. So like you could bump into people, and they won't yeah. really knock you over. Items won't would just crash. I don't think that'd be really cool. And then everyone could be metal, but but then they have to record all those weird underwater drowning voices for everyone. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, um. In Smash Brothers, when someone turned metal, they just... I know, no I know. Voice. I'm just joking. No, that's not but, I mean. If anything, it couldn't be their job either. Yeah, but I mean, you know, in this situation, the more characters, the better, because the game does have 12-player online again. No, I mean, so, they could have brought in Queen Bee back. At least they didn't say they aren't. No, I know, but yeah. <laughs> this is only what they've revealed so far. Oh, yeah, still yeah. over a month that's away. That's true, that's true. I take everything I said back. Yeah, and there's, wasted fuck, and there's also, you know, there's still the, all the Koopalings, there's still all the babies, there's going to be a ton of characters. Yeah. There are way less characters in Mario Kart Wii than I remember. I was playing it before... Like, a few hours before we started this. Oh, to prepare, of course. No, it Prepare was, for this very conversation. I was just going through a bunch of games to see you if there was anyone. You no, admit. just to see if there was anyone online. <laughs> right. And While well, you still can. Oh, yeah. They're I, cutting it yeah, off next month. No, yeah. no, I, I played, like, two races. Yeah. And there were a lot less characters than I remember. I think there There's were... There's only, like, 20. 24. Oh. Yeah, Koopanings will take up two whole rows. I'm like, whoa. Yeah, so there's definitely going to be more this time, I assume. I think there's already more. Like, yeah. Announced. Yeah. Well, when you had seven Koopalings and six or five babies or four babies, yeah, that's already over. That's already over half, or just about half. 
But um, the one thing that wasn't really shown in the trailer, but the previews covered with Mario Kart 7, now there's no transition there, I guess, uh, is that contrary to Satoru Wada previously claiming that Mario Kart 8 will demonstrate the gamepad's potential and put it to good use, uh, yeah, it doesn't really do much that we didn't already know. I mean, it still shows a horn. It still shows racer ranks and, like, a little mini real-time view of where people are on the track using a map as well as the changing rankings. And it shows you a mini, like, picture-in-picture version of what's on your TV screen. And when you press it, it blows up to full screen. But that's kind of it. You can use it for motion steering, but you can also use a standard Wiimote for motion steering. Or really any other controller in the history of mankind for motion steering. Uh, The Pro Controller, a Wiimote and a Nunchuck, a Wii Wheel... Uh, you can solder an N64 controller and figure out how hooking into your Wii using uh, using USB, and then that could work. Except, well, maybe not, maybe not that one. But it's just like they have every control option. So having gamepads motion controls isn't really a gamepad selling point. I feel like because you have like four or five other ways to do that. But that that's kind of it. Like, there's no ability to have a two-player race when one's on the TV and one's on the gamepad. There are latency issues. I know, especially apparently. when Sonic Racing does that. Sonic Racing is not as graphically intense looking in motion as uh, Mario Kart. It no, has no, no, stuff, no, no, but no, no, it's missing. Graphically yeah. intense, like, visual-wise, like, yeah, Mario Kart obviously takes the It has more shaders Yeah, but stuff. this game also has, like, a lot of stuff going on with the tracks changing and all that stuff. True, true. Like, I mean, it's... it's true. Yeah. But yeah, for whatever reason, Nintendo's not uh, yeah. using the gamepad for much of anything, I guess. I'll but then, how to turn off the alarm. Did it work? Yeah, you just press these two buttons. Yeah, you can see them, but... Oh, yeah, yeah everyone at home, you press those two buttons. You know, the two he's showing you right now. Yeah, the, split the t- and start stop. Because everyone has your exact stopwatch. Hey, you never know. It's a For anyone... What, what's the brand? Sportline. 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 For when you need a stopwatch that beeps when you don't want it to, Sportline. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so... They endorse we d- Do they? Are they our sponsor? Yeah, yeah just, just like that one candy we had. One what was the bread. candy we had? I don't it know. wasn't candy, it was they're, cookies. They're it was muffins. Keeper? Oh, it was muff- Little Bites. Yeah. And to mince a little bite. When a <laughs> oh, real bite is just too much. Uh, but, yeah, as I was starting to say, we don't know battle mode whatsoever. Anything about battle mode. So maybe there's going to be a game pla- gamepad-centric battle mode. But as of right now, gamepad's kind of worthless. That'd be kind of cool. It would. Like a four-on-one. They have, they have to take advantage of it. One thing, they, you know, they should, I hope. But And they still have over Maybe it should be like asymmetric. I mean, they haven't brought back the whole one person controlling a bomb and everyone else being a, a thing. Like since Mario Kart 64. Oh, yeah. Remember yeah. when you lose all your balloons to yeah. a bomb? That'd be cool if they did like if they reinvented Bomb on Blast to have that feature, and then the person on the gamepad. I just wanted to bring balloon battles the way they were back then when the balloons actually mattered. Yeah, lately it's been about points. You lose out through your balloons, you come back again. Yeah, it's it kind of sucks now. Yeah, well, it doesn't suck, but it's not as good. But then it was also like four on four, eight on eight. I don't remember. It was ridiculous. Yeah, I I would be okay. They they took the intensity out of it. I'd be okay with them reverting back to 64's battles. Wouldn't be reverting. It's like addition by subtraction. Same thing. <laughs> yours just sounds like more positive spin. Mine makes it sound <laughs> negative, and yours makes it sound positive. But, but there is another thing we actually know nothing about, and that's Mario Kart. These transitions are still like hacked <laughs> together today. Uh, I'm okay with that. All right. Anyway, there is a. Uh, in addition to battle mode, we also don't know about Mario Kart TV very much. Mario Kart TV is a feature they've announced before. Uh, it's one of the online integrations of the game, along with the 12-player multiplayer. And basically, um... You get to record your footage. No, you don't record it. it. And That's make a, your own TV show. There's not, another one channel. 
Exactly. And it's on Twitch. And No, if only it was that cool. What it is, is the game will automatically pick highlights for you from your race and stitch them together into a little trailer, similar to the trailers they put out where they have the dynamic camera angles and everything. There's two Lakitu brothers who are filming the whole race as you're racing. And then they go into their editing room and enlist uh, a paratrooper to do... To is that why Lakitu TV, and... the logo, is like the Lakitu glasses and clouds? Yeah. Oh. But, uh... It's kind of a throwback to Mario 64, actually, where the lack of two at the very beginning, would, where, where they showed, look, he's your cameraman. But, uh, yeah, every time you press left or right C on the N64 controller, you're actually pushing the lack of two one way or another. Yeah. Think of it that way, and then it gets weird. Yeah, because you also can't, like, move through walls. You just get stuck there. You have to go yep. like, all the way around. It's a smart way to, to um, explain camera limitations they may have had with the engine. But yeah, with, with Mario Kart TV, all we know is they're stitching them together, and that's pretty much it. Presumably, you can share them on Miiverse. Presumably, there's a little more to it. There's apparently going to be leaderboards and everything as well, and ghost data, but those haven't been confirmed well, I mean, yet. if you could show them to me, then you could show them to Facebook, Twitter. Yeah. Is that it? Uh, Tumblr. Tumblr? No. Google Plus. You know, for all five people in the world using Google Plus publicly. Oh. Uh, but yeah, so I think overall, Kart is shaping up quite nicely. Mario Kart is going to be super good from the look of things. And like... I mean, I, we've talked about before that, yeah, well, we've played it before, and we, I think we both had the kind of same reaction of, it's more of the same, but it's starting at least to look a little different now. They're changing dynamics, at, the anti-graph has more of a role, like, it's getting a little more unique. I mean, it was more of the same, but that was exactly what I wanted. Right. But they're, they're like, keeping it fresh now, a bit better. Yeah. But, I mean, the, the, I, personally, that new trailer blew, blew me away, so I'm, I'm super excited, and it helps that mainstream site seem to be picking it up. Yeah. Like, this might be the saving grace of the Wii, finally. The Wii U, I mean. This could be the one. For real, this time. Like, it was all, it was trending on Twitter all day. Like, not, not like my personal, you know, trending yeah, topics. Like, the, the national trending the topics. Number, the number of comments that say, oh, man, I'm going to buy a Wii when this game came out was definitely way higher oh, than any other totally. game. And it was, making, it was making mainstream news coverage. I was on, like, Entertainment Tonight. Or not Entertainment Tonight. E! Online, like, the channel. E! did an article about it. Yahoo! had a big article about it. Like, it was gaining some traction. And they're advertising it already, over a month away. Uh, it's in, they have pre-roll ads for it on YouTube right now. It's like practically two months away. So we have to wait. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Well, yeah, about yeah. two months away. But yeah, they already have pre-roll ads on YouTube. So before you watch some videos, it will pop up a trailer. They have GameStop. There's Game uh, GameStop by my office where I work, and they have giant. Obviously, I work at my office, and <laughs> by my office where I work, uh, and they have giant, giant window displays for Mario Kart Eight already. And yet, no limited edition. Yeah, that's the one bummers in Europe. As we discussed last I read episode. the UK press release before anything else, and I didn't know it was the UK press release, and I went to the bottom, I'm like, oh, no. oh my god, and then I started looking for it on GameStop or oh, no. Amazon, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, there must be something wrong, maybe they're not going to upload it till later, then I waited till after work, I checked again, and it was, then I saw UK, and I was just sad. Dude, the, US, the UK press release, like, yeah, pre-order now and get the blue shell statue, and then the US press release is literally like, pre-order today, to ensure you have it. It's like, well, that's not as exciting. But yeah, I, Nintendo might still announce it. As you point out, it's two months away. But the fact that they've taken this long to announce it makes me think they might not. Yeah, it, it's really fifty fifty at this point. Um, how when, uh, how early in advance was um, the Zelda? Wind Waker thing? Like within the month, but they announced it in Europe and America at the same time, I believe, or within a day of each other. Oh. However, maybe it'll be a surprise announcement in the coming weeks. Who knows? Yeah. I'm just, I'm not losing hope until I own the real <laughs> game in my hands without. The blue shell, and then I'll go. Oh, guess I'm not getting it for late adopters. <laughs> yeah, oh, that'd be awful. Hey, have you did you get Mario Kart already? already? No, you haven't been playing it for six months. Well, then we have a deal for you. You get this special item. Uh, that could make sense because I mean, clearly, they for the holidays. Have, yeah, clearly, they don't have to convince a lot of us to buy it. 
And then the only, everyone that's holding out is like, okay, maybe they just need this blue shell. But to screw over their like, decade fans, the only way it would be okay is if they give it to people that register on Club Nintendo as well as people that buy it later. You know in what? The game. That, that, that seems plausible. We'll find out. But then out. they have to make less. That is true. That yeah. is true. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, the Luigi figurine on Club Nintendo is super popular, so maybe they're going to go that route. Uh, who knows? All I know is we have till May 30th to wait for this game, but in the time before Mario goes a karting, uh, he's hitting links in Mario Golf World Tour on the 3DS. So, oh boy. What? What? Do you say, oh boy? You're, I thought you were excited for this one. Uh, so that's coming on May 2nd, and now that that release date's approaching much quicker than Mario Kart's, uh, Nintendo's starting to begin to give some real new information on what to expect in World Tour beyond what we already know about online play and the single-player club mode and that sort of thing. So, uh, one of the biggest changes to Mario Golf, period, is that they're now adding items that you'll be able to use over the course of a course. <laughs> over the course of a gang to the whole... The course of a course. There we go. Well, of course. That. Of course. Uh, so, yeah, these items, they're going to be kind of like Mario Kart in many ways, and that they're going to help enhance the game. Well, hopefully not making things too lopsided, I'd imagine. Um, so, in Tampa, a trailer that showed a few of them. There's, for example, a fire flower that lets the ball burn through trees so you don't get stuck in the trees or the trees and stop you. There's a bullet bill that kind of homes in on the uh, hole, and it kind of just sends you directly in that direction, opposed to wind or anything affecting you. There's a ice flower that kind of mimics the ice flower from Mario Galaxy, where you can make ice platforms. Isn't that how it works in Mario Galaxy? I'm yeah. not remembering. Okay. Yeah. You gave me a look, and I'm like, did I get it wrong? I played that game. Mm-hmm. I know for sure. But um, So the ball will get extra distance, because instead of just landing, it will bounce a couple times. And uh, in addition to that, like in some, tri- in some previews that came out side by side with the trailer um there's also a bomb bomb that causes an explosion when the ball lands there's a mushroom for a speed boost and there's a boomerang that adds to your uh draw fade so there's yeah there's there's all sorts of items and how it works is you get one at the start of the hole some holes have them some don't um i'm not sure what determines it probably if you're playing a whimsical mushroom kingdom stage versus a standard stage but and you could turn them off if you really don't like them yeah it sounds like something i might have off i really enjoyed mario golf the way it was without items right it just felt... But the thing is, I feel like really it, right. I feel like it's mainly for multiplayer just to add to the chaos. Because yeah. the thing with multiplayer now, and this is the other big change, is instead of being turn by turn, which you and me actually, we just played Mario Golf Toadstool Tour on GameCube last week, and we can attest it is turn by turn, that is a factual statement, but uh, instead of being turn by turn, it's now simultaneous. So adding to that frenzy, the items kind of make sense. Um, but again, they're optional. So for World Tour, because everyone has their own screen, Nintendo's realized they could just have everyone play at the same time, which means that uh, as you're playing, you'll see ghosts of other characters and you'll see uh, icons marking where the balls are at any given moment. Like a logical thing to do. Yep. So it's going to make multiplayer way faster to complete. And based on impressions, it sounds like a lot, like from the press, a lot of people have found that they start racing unintentionally. And they're not just trying to get, they're not trying just to get the best shot, they're trying to do it as quickly as possible because you do move as a pack from hole to hole. When you're on the same hole, you can everyone's all over the place, but then you have to wait for everyone to catch up with you if you're first. So people are always like, oh, I don't want to keep people waiting. i got to get first. i got to you know, be in the lead here, not just in points, but in time. And Unless time is an actual factor in the it's game. It's not. That's oh, the thing that's kind of funny about it. Then, well. I think it's just the like, pressure of like, oh, they're way ahead of me. Why? And then you want to catch up. But hmm. Well, whatever makes them want, I guess. Whatever makes that's just what sense. a lot of the press yeah, was saying. Yeah. I mean, so. it makes it more intense for them, I guess. That's kind of cool that it gets added. Unintentionally added another feature to it. Yeah, another dy- another angle at least. Because when I think golf, it's like I think in... taking your time. I mean, well, that's I, what they're saying. It makes yeah. it more of a like frantic frenzy. But of course, 
if you prefer not to use items, if you prefer not to have to deal with the time, there are... Well, there is no time oh, yeah, tracking. But, yeah, oh, but if you sure. want to be with like-minded golf purists, they are doing communities like in Mario Kart 7. So you can have people with no... 10-second turns. <laughs> yeah, you can have people with no items. You can have people with 10-second turns if they want to somehow figure out how important that. Maybe just put that comment and just kick... Wait, can you kick people with that? I don't know. I'm not sure. All I know is that in addition to just having communities where you all play together at once, Nintendo's also doing uh, asynchronous multiplayer, which is something that a lot of like smartphone games have. So, for example, I could go through a course and then post my times for each hole, and then someone else could play later, and it will compare them and everything. So it's kind of like a glorified leaderboard or ghost data or something, but it's mm. being baked in on a community level. So people within your community you can compete with no matter when you're playing, which is kind of cool. Uh, but beyond that, I mean, really, World Tour is just what you'd expect. I mean, it still has, based on what I was reading, it still has the three-press swing system or two presses if you prefer easy mode. It's still, uh, it still lets you adjust the ball, where you hit the ball, but now it's uh, on the touchscreen with your finger or a stylus instead of having to, like, go and mess with it with the stick and everything. You so, mean they didn't implement a way for you to hit the ball with the stylus by flick speed? They did. It was called Touch Golf on the Nintendo DS, and it was okay. But not in this one, no. They're doing buttons. Because Mario Golf Big Hook, it's the game that invented the three-button swing system. So really? they're not going to take that out. I think it was. I think it and Hot... Well, it and Hot Shots Golf, the two that use it the most, are by the same developer. So can I hold so, you to it? No, but that's why I say I think and not I know. I probably will. Yeah, and then when I say I never said so, we have record right here that... This is proof that I never said 100%. I'm positive, I say I think. So, Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for Mario Golf. Like, I'm a huge fan of Toad's Dual Tour on the GameCube, and this seems a lot like it. Just a little more whimsical. Like, they really went all out with those Mushroom Kingdom courses, and there's a lot of them, apparently. But just like, I think I mentioned it last episode, but like, the, the super scribbly-looking Yoshi's Island one, the cheap, cheap one underwater, like, it looks great. It looks super great. So, and these new features sound good, and I like the idea of items. So, I'm excited. I mean, it's only, it's less than a month away now. Same day as Kirby. Ah. So, yeah. Which one to get? What what are you gonna get first? I know I'm I'm debating well, it, if well, I should get. Well, it's either both or just golf. Yeah, that's my debate. It's either both or just golf for me. I'm thinking I might just buy both. I already put in the Club Nintendo Intend to Buy survey for both, so I feel obligated <laughs> now. But we'll see. Well, you just gonna have to do all of them just in case. Exactly, and there's no time. There's no immediate time limit. Like you have a few months to buy. So, but uh, yeah. But, well, I mean. We're on the topic of games involving Mario, so we might as well... Now, I guess, is the right time to switch to Smash Bros., right? So, uh, Super Smash Bros., we went 3DS. As always, Sakurai is me-versing away. That series had Masahiro Sakurai, the guy in charge of the game, and he's announcing new things. And out of nowhere, he seems to have been on a Zelda kick as of late. Uh, specifically, he announced that the Gust Bellows from Skyward Sword are now an item in Smash Bros. Was it the Gust Bellows, or was it the It's the Gust from... Bellows. Oh, okay. Um, at least that's what he called it. So. Oh, no. Well, I mean, I didn't... Really read the description. I just saw the picture. I'm like, oh, that looks... The thing from Minish Cap, right? Yeah, I immediately thought the thing from Minish Cap. But isn't the thing in Skyward Sword basically the thing from Minish Cap? Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, so um, it's going to be used to blow opponents back away from you or off the stage or whatever. Just blow opponents in the opposite direction of where you're standing. So like standing. a Mario Flood Pack that everyone can use. Essentially. That seems to be. But he uh, he also used the opportunity... Or he's also been announcing... So there's that, which is kind of cool. Nice to have more items. And he also announced that... I just realized, like, I never knew how to pronounce this. The birds in the Zelda games. The chickens. Uh-huh. How do you pronounce their name? Cuckoo? I was calling them Cuckoos. Cuckoos? Cuckoos? C-U-C-C-O-S. Oh, Cuckoos. Cuckoos. Okay, well, they're in Smash Bros. now, and much like in Zelda, hit them in enough times and they're going to retaliate. So, he didn't say if their assist trophies are, like, their own independent item, 
I would hope they're not their own item. That'd be weird if you open a capsule and a chicken I, I, walks I out. Hope non- I hope they're their own item. That way they could just pop out of anywhere and you don't have to... Like I would actually, that would be fun. Like I would imagine, like you're hitting a crate, it explodes. I mean, it doesn't explode, but I mean, just pretend. Then yeah, then there's just like a chicken one. Oh, that'd be great. Actually, you're right. Kind of like Mr. Saturn. He wasn't an assist trophy. He kind of disappeared. True. Well, however they. Oh, then there we go. Yeah. All right, but yeah, so they're gonna be in the game, Um, and along with that, he also said those are just two Zelda items. But he worked on. Yeah, like likes and Redeads also came out in crates and stuff. Oh, in the old Smash Bros, they haven't done it. They didn't do it in Brawl, yeah. And Brawl. They weren't there. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so in that case, that's probably what's going to be. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're back because he was saying in the post about the Gus Bow, Sakurai said to expect, and this is just a direct quote, more than a few Zelda items to be in the game this time around. So it sounds like he's like really embracing. Well, there really are a lot to pick. Right? Exactly, yeah. He's probably like, well, we milked every other franchise, but Zelda, it's like every two years they have like 10 new items. So, but. I think we'll see the ball and chain. Probably not. Actually, that'd be a good item. I feel like we would see some stuff from um, A Link Between Worlds and somehow. Although those are all really traditional items. I don't so remember. Not. Does Link just like hold it really heavy and chuck it, or does he ever spin it? I think he might spin it. No, I don't know. But what? Well, uh, I'm not sure. Does Link ever <laughs> chuck the giant ball chain from Twilight Princess? I could spin it around, or do you just throw it and carry it super heavy? I don't remember. Okay, we now need to clarify what's going on. Jose's not stuck on the loop. Elvis, who chose, Elvis is here, but he's busy playing Borderline, so he's not on this episode. But he is physically here. Say hi, Elvis. Hi. Yeah, so there's Elvis. Um, now you can say bye again. And I'm out. <laughs> but the best part of like, and I'm out, and he has not moved an inch since saying that. But yeah, he uh, he's too busy with Borderlands to, yeah. to spend time talking with you lovely people. I just needed to have an answer, and I figured, like, oh, well, if it, I wouldn't know he had a chance know, of knowing. Yeah. Cause, no, it's fine. It's just yeah. kind of funny that, like, I was a bit on. They just sing. He's been singing here the whole time. But, yeah, so there's going to be more Zelda items in Smash Bros. is what I was getting at. And outside of Zelda, Sakurai revealed a couple other new items, or a couple other new things as well. Uh, the Ore Club from Kid Icarus Uprising is now a giant item in Smash Bros. that spawns a tornado. It's huge. Yeah. Uh, no, also in the game. I think that's what they, the clubs usually do, do the tornado things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is cool. But, and in returning character news, or returning item news, we now know that Andros is back as an assist trophy. Yeah. Uncle Andros, as he as he called it on Miiverse. Uh, the final piece of news, it's been kind of a slow week, but the one big piece of news outside of these smaller things is that Luigi's Final Smash has been updated in a pretty significant way. And that's that uh, his weird psychedelic interpretive dance, where it looked like he was on acid or something, that's out. Probably because everyone went, what is that? And Sakurai went, you know, I actually don't know. <laughs> and, and it has placed as something that makes perfect sense for Luigi, which yeah, is his what, poltergeist. Like, it's not even like... Loosely referencing anything, unless like it really is something you're supposed to interpret. Oh, uh, maybe. But I mean, I don't know. It's, it's Luigi trying to express his anguish about being second fiddle all these years. But now that your Luigi happened, he has nothing to dance about anymore. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's definitely his final smash. I mean, I'll, he's yeah. glowing the final yeah, smash. But I mean, like, yellow. I was watching like a video where someone like pointed out. I, I'm pretty sure that's not the case. But they were saying like, oh well, just because you get the final smash, I mean, you're always glowing when you have the final smash, even when you're not using it. Right. So they're saying, like, oh, maybe Luigi's Vacuum is an actual attack that he has. That's super misleading. Why would Sakurai... I know Sakurai likes to troll people, but that's, like, <laughs> next-level trolling. Like, that's but, next But, but I mean, also brought up, like, oh, okay, um, like, he could always have... He could have his vacuum pack just how Mario has his flood, but when he uses the final smash, it actually does more than just what it normally does. That seems... Which, which is... 
That seems plausible, yeah, but because, I feel like well, it's just his final smash. But, I mean, that does happen with Diddy. I mean, Diddy's um, upbeat. It's his jetpack. When he uses his final smash, he uses his jetpack and his pop-up guns. It's like... Well, considering you're more of a smash aficionado than me, what would you prefer? If you had to have your way... We do know the poltergeist in some form will suck. Like, it will you do a sucking <laughs> motion. Like, that's... that's that, 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 uh, kind of, like, can... suck up people, and then you shoot them at other people. Yeah, but would you prefer that as an item or a Final Smash? Would it be, like... Or not an item, sorry. A attack or a Final Smash? If it's an attack, I imagine it'd be good. It'd be, like, Kirby's. I would like Luigi to have his vacuum as an attack, but at the same time, I feel like the way he is, he seems, like, perfect. Because, like, we're already so used to the way Luigi plays. Uh-huh. For them to change... To, for them to change something, it's like, oh, like... I don't want to take away his little tornado away. Like, yeah, it's, it was like Mario's, but Mario doesn't even have that anymore. Right. And it right. helps him, like, recover. That was, like, one of his things. Maybe the the green missile, whatever they call it, that was also... Oh, they better not take that out. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's, like, like it's already a it's staple for Luigi, great. but it's another... I always thought of it, like, where did this come from? Like, why... Sakurai's crazy mind. That's I mean, where it came from. I just feel like the... The vacuum would be more suitable. But the missile. If so they were great. to, I mean, well, if they were to take a move away. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. what would you take away? Anything but the missile. <laughs> take away his jump. I don't care. No. Just make him stay grounded. Even though Luigi's known for his jump, that actually make it funnier. Uh, no, honestly, I. Oh, that'd be interesting. Like, honestly, when he has his jetpack on, he. You mean his poltergeist? I mean, his poltergeist. He can jump because he can't jump in. You know, for for the final smash, I'm pretty sure that's gonna be. Yeah, like the gameplay on him changes. That would be like you have to actually aim. What was his up B? His um, uppercut like Mario's, except... Yeah, kill that. What? But that's like even more Luigi because of the... When you get him like right close in the face, he like explodes. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Uh, I never played with Luigi. And then um, you miss, it just does like one damage. Fine, just... Uh, oh, you know what? His weird little side B thing. Not his side B. The one where he like flails his arms and runs at and you and tackle? looks like he's crying. That. Kill that. And then replace it with a smash, because that makes no sense. But that's his tackle. I know. No, the one... Is yeah. that his tackle? The yeah, one where he runs yeah, and it looks yeah, like we, he's like yeah, just saw a mouse and was scared? Yeah, if you run and hit A, he goes... Yeah, that's like his slide. Oh, well then, never mind. That's his tackle. Never mind. You could tell I don't use Luigi much. But I don't know why I, I think I've ever seen you use Luigi. I never use Luigi, but I love that, that missile, because it <laughs> makes no sense. Uh, whatever, however they choose to do the Poltergeist, we may know pretty soon, because the final tidbit of Smash Bros. information is probably the absolutely biggest we've said in a while on the show, and that is that this Tuesday, April 8th, 6th, 6th, not 8th, no, 8th. Yeah, it is 8th. 8th. Oh, Tuesday. Tuesday the 8th. This goes up on Sunday the 6th, so it can't be Sunday. 3 p.m. This, in U.S. 3 p.m. in the Pacific Daylight Savings Time Zone. Right when I get home time from work, it's like perfect. And 6 p.m. for all you folk on the East Coast, there's going to be a Smash Bros. Direct AK to just Smash Bros. news. And the thing is, uh, well, first of all, Nintendo's clearly going for the one-two punch here with Smash and Kart. Like, the, I mean, to have the Kart blow out this past Thursday and then four days later, the Sma- or five days later, the Smash Bros. blow out, not a coincidence. That's number one. Number two is they have never announced the direct as far in advance. Maybe E3. Maybe. Really? This is, this is five days. In advance, feel like... They usually announce them the day before. Oh, wow. The fact that they announced it on a Thursday night over for weekend. a Tuesday. They want the hype. And they also launched just dedicated Twitter in Japan for Smash Bros. And they already launched the, the Smash Bros. Direct webpage with a, for where you can watch it in Japan. So, Which is also on Tuesday. So... They're going big. They're trying to draw as much attention to this, which means it's probably going to be a lot of new. And plus, it's if it's all Smash Bros., there has to be a bunch of news. So there's going to be new footage for sure. Probably new announcements. I'm hoping either a release date or, more importantly, a real name for the game. Because Smash Bros. for Wii U and 3DS know, sucks as a name. I know. I don't want to just like refer to it as... Um, Smash Bros. 4? 
Yeah. I mean, that's clever. I mean, four but, and four. Yeah, but right? I mean, but we've had, like, oh, we've had Melee, we've had Brawl. I mean, Kerfuffle. I'm I, still, I kind of feel still like, I'm, Kerfuffle. like I'm going to be calling it Smash. Cause... Yeah. I say either Kerfuffle or, like, uh, Slap Fight or Skirmish. Skirmish or, uh, that's all I got. Throwdown. <laughs> Throwdown. It says here it's like a hoedown. <laughs> Let's all go to Smash Bros. Throwdown. Uh, Cage match, that <laughs> first cage match. Uh, anyway, yeah, but so we'll know hopefully on Tuesday what the name will be, and of course, in our next episode in two weeks' time from when this one goes up, we will have our full analysis of everything. I hope they don't reveal the too much. I mean, obviously, there's some things that we still want to know about modes and blah blah. But yeah, hopefully they show single player mode. Actually, this would be a good time to show single player mode. Oh. Explain what it is, how it works, what makes it different. I would hope they don't focus on that too much. Specify. Well, yeah. It's also specify the I mean, it's difference. Smash Brothers. Like, specify the differences. It's like the quintessential multiplayer game. True. Specify the differences between Wii U and 3DS. They're saying they have news about the Smash Bros. games, plural. So, there's that little hint. But maybe the differences between two versions, how they interconnect, how you transfer things back and forth. All that would be good information. Yeah. And a new character reveal is probably a inevitable. Couple, a couple, I hope. Well, I mean... Yeah, I but, hope they do like a couple returning and then a brand new one or two. If they do a new one, I hope they at least do one. Or maybe none. Because, I mean, I feel like they're already announcing too many characters. What do you mean? What? Like, too much information. Like I, Well, we, part of the problem is we talk about everything in so much depth every two weeks. Like, we know, like, like no, really, Andros is not worth bringing up, but we brought it up. Yeah, but, I mean, I feel like, man, like, I don't know. Just this is be, how the dojo was, exactly. Not, well, yeah, but, I mean, same thing with the dojo. I just feel like, I've been thinking about it, like, oh, I can't think of another game where I've known... Well, I so feel much. like I've known so much about a game before it came out. Yeah. Like, I want some surprise. I mean, they're Secret coming out... characters. I mean, they're coming out worldwide about the same time, right? No? Uh, was the, that ever the, announced? The was game? Yeah. It's going to be out around the world by the end of the year. They didn't say if it'll be simultaneous. I assume oh. it will be close, if online's important to them, which it might be. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously it was... Well, at least for me, it was, like, impossible to find out who all the secret characters were, because it was out in Japan right. for a long time. Right. I mean... Wait, no, it wasn't. Yeah. He's out for three weeks in Japan before America. That's a long time. Compared and, to Pokemon's old of, eight months. In it's, the world of the internet. I guess. Well, yeah, true. same thing with po- even worse with Pokemon. Yeah. I, mean, I already knew exactly who I was going to use, what moves, and how I was going to You just can't them. research those things. Just go into blackout mode. Yeah, it's impossible for me. So, Well, you could physically go into a blackout by just drinking a lot. And then even if you do look it up, you'll be too drunk to remember. That's right. The Roundtown Podcast. But we encourage belli- <laughs> drinking <laughs> to the point of belligerent blackouts. Not really. Don't do that, kids. Anyway, uh, I don't know if kids are listening. Anyway, uh, I guess that's pretty much it for Smash, though. Yeah, like, it is a lot of information, so hopefully they just highlight major things. Hopefully they talk about how the online options, multiplayer online options. Yeah, that'd be nice. Or I really just want to know the differences between the versions at this point, besides the stages. Like, what? why would I want to buy both? Um, I know I'm going to, but why? <laughs> why am I going to? I need reasons. You want them to justify it? I want them to justify what makes each unique, yes. I want them to say, it's not just you have two stages, you have like six stages difference. But on a portable. Right, but it's like, so when I'm sitting at home, am I going to play my 3DS or my Wii U? I don't understand. The Wii U. Not necessarily, because I don't take my 3DS with me most of the time, because I'm usually at home when well, I play video games. Cookies. No, there needs to be something that sets them that apart. That's a you problem. It's not, a, I mean, it is, but it's also, well, <laughs> I could make a dumb joke and be like, no, it's a 3DS problem, not a you problem. Ha, Wii U. Ha. Oh. Anyway, let's, I, I guess we'll it see is what a Wii U problem if it's trying to compete with the 3DS. Yeah. It is. For the Thank same you. game. They, Nintendo says that they're competing for people's time. But what if they're competing with themselves? What happens then? Why would Nintendo want me a double dip? They need to give reasons. <laughs> Ow. Oh. That was not me punching the table. That was me actually hitting my computer by accident and hurting myself. 
So while we're on the topic of mascots, we talked Mario, we talked Smash Bros. Sonic we should probably DLC, touch, yeah. Zelda. We should probably touch on Sonic. So Sonic Lost World, and a bit of a, a surprise, the Legend of Zelda Zone came out without much warning. It was hinted at, but never confirmed until the day before it came out. And it's a bit different than. I the really like it when they announce things the day before they come out. Apple style. Yeah, because then you don't have to wait. And then we don't have to cover it endlessly. Yeah. Although, but but we we, we could stop ourselves from doing that. But no, we no, no. Well, no, I just felt like yeah, yeah, like the whole Pikmin three thing. Remember? Yep. It like it was like such a long time before it came out. That, well, it got delayed like seventeen. Yeah. Times. By the time it came out, I felt like we already knew so much. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I felt like we knew yeah. so much about it. It wasn't even like as exciting to play it when I first played it. We also demoed it three separate times. That's probably that part of it. That did not help you. I think that might be it more than the information. Because it's one thing to know about stuff and then experience the, it when you don't... Because what we know... Yeah, like playing it, like playing help. my own copy became a formality. It was like, oh, I <laughs> But, yeah, so Sonic was a surprise. To get back on track there. Yeah. Uh, so, Nintendo and Sega, they, they kind of went all out compared to the Yoshi one. Sonic's wearing, like, a green tunic. They replaced the rings with hearts. Like you... I don't know if they went all out compared to... I mean, for Yoshi, the Yoshi DLC, they stayed really true to, like, Yoshi's story aesthetic. True. It looked, like, as close to the game as possible. Yeah, but Sonic was still Sonic, and, like, they're still... Oh, no, they had eggs instead of rings. I guess yeah, they're about yeah, equal. Like, I mean, that's it. They, they put as much attention yeah. to detail in both. But yeah, so I actually haven't gone through... I don't own Sonic Lost Wars, so I haven't gone through it. But I've seen some footage. It looks like you're in Hyrule Field for a while. Then you go into the castle from Twilight Princess. But you... you the the yeah. trailer makes it look like um, there's a whole lot of stuff to do. It's pretty linear but, but, still, but right? It, but the, tra- the trailer literally covers everything you can do. So it's still a really linear experience? Like you're going basically Kinda, point A to point like B? You get a little hub world. You could run around in it. You and that's do, Hyrule Field? You could, yeah, you could do whatever you want in whatever order you want. There's like You could mess with some cuckoos. You could grab some... Rupees, you could jump off of cliffs to other, like, pillars to get, like, another heart piece, climb up trees. Uh-huh. It's like a little playground. Sure. Like, and it is, I mean, it's, it's a decent size. You could run around, like, for a few minutes if you want. But then, um, and then the next section is just, like, uh, you're running inside a cylinder. Mm-hmm. And you're just running straight. You could just run. That's not like a more traditional sock loss. Yeah, and, and you're just dodging Gorons. And you could just run through the whole thing, ignoring everything. Right. And just get the Triforce at the end. Or there are some sections that you could blow up. Basically. I mean, there's still like. There's a lot of places to explore. There's a few places you could just like kind of go off the More path. so than most Sonic Lost World levels? Because mm. Sonic Lost World is kind of. I feel like just from what I've seen of it and what I've played of the demo, it's just kind of like. Point A, point B. That's it. There's not like secrets as well, much. There's alternate paths, but there's not like little. It was kind of like that. Just an alternate path. Oh, I mean, okay. It, there were like different types of levels in Sonic, so like yeah. some are more explorer than others. Yeah, that makes sense. But um, yeah. So I mean, it was. It's like uh, just a nice little distraction. I do like that Link riding a loft wing makes an appearance. I don't like that they're mixing and matching their Zeldas. You can't have Twilight Princess Castle, Hyrule Field from Twilight Princess, and then bring in Skyward Sword Link on a Loftwing. Doesn't work. Those are centuries apart or something. Maybe. I sound like a stickler for the Zelda time. I don't even know the Zelda timeline. Temple of Time. Time travel. All right. There. Done. Okay. <laughs> he brought a bird into the Temple of Time. And I'm sure there's some dimensional stuff going on there. Too. Also, it's fan service through and through, and there's no real logic to any of it. So it's yeah, okay. so, I mean, if you just take it as that, it's really yeah. cool. I mean, the fact that, like, Sonic is wearing, like, a little tunic just looks really cool. Yeah, I mean, he's wearing that's a, a nice touch. Yeah, I mean, and then there's, like, a section of the of the, of the the level where you could um, run up to a fence that's, like, on the foreground, mm-hmm. and Sonic gets really close to the camera so you can get a really good look at him. It just looks cool. It's really cool. cool. Yeah. The, one interesting thing I was reading about... It's free. Uh, 
Yeah, you can't, can't complain. Yeah. And you know, the part of the reason it's free, along with the Yoshi's Island DLC, is originally um, they were going to be in the original physical release, like in October. They were supposed to be on the disc and on the download originally. And they each took three, each zone took three months on its own to make. So they were like, well, we just need to get the game out. We'll release them later. Mm-hmm. But originally they were going to be like, you know, back of the box bullet points, like playing the Zelda and Yoshi zone. Then they purposely didn't do Mario because they felt that Mario was overdone. So Mario and Sonic, not overdone, but they've done it. Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games have been done like four times. So they wanted to explore other Nintendo franchises. Never Mario or Sonic in a Mario platform. No. Yeah. But they were like, been there, done that. We've had Mario and Sonic in the same place. <laughs> Sonic has looked Mario in the eyes. We don't need to do it now. Let's do other characters. But I just thought it was interesting that they spent that much time on those levels alone. Three months. Granted, it could only have been one guy doing it. I don't know. But still, three <laughs> months, is that's that's dedication. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so if you have Sonic Lost World, download it. If you don't have Sonic Lost World, we've talked about it in the past, so go check out our episode about that. I quite frankly do not remember what the episode number is or when we aired it, but it's probably around November or December. December, maybe. So just go ramtown.com and browse to your heart's content. But back to news. Sonic, uh, Sonic Lost World. Nope, there's no transition. I'm not even going to try. I tried, and then I realized I didn't have one. So a month ago, let's just switch right over. A month ago... The Wall Street Journal very casually mentioned that Tomodachi, Tomodachi uh, Collection, which may, is also known as Friend Connection, um, was going to be coming to the West. Now, this is that game in Japan where you have a me, and you're in a world of Mii's, and the Mii's all talk using like a voice synthesizer. Yeah, a very voice-heavy game. Very voice-heavy. why it was never reported. Exactly, because like everything, like it's rendering the voices in real time based on the dialogue that you write and everything. So it was kind of like Animal Crossing meets like The Sims, in a way. And it never came west because of that. But in this Wall Street Journal article, they're like, yeah, Nintendo's bringing it west. And everyone's like, okay. Like, we didn't talk about it because it's like, what were we going to say? The Wall Street Journal has a one-off sentence in the middle of a different article mentioning it's coming west. Then, over in Europe, Nintendo's been apparently conducting a marketing survey that got leaked that gives a sense of how they're trying to sell the game. Now, if one, it's unusual for Nintendo to casually announce a new game in a Wall Street Journal article as a one-sentence aside. That's weird. Even weirder is for a marketing survey about games to get leaked like this by Nintendo. It's never... I don't know if any time Nintendo's pulled... This is all pulled the, marketing. I, maybe. I mean, we're talking about it. But it's weird because, like, Nintendo never pulls, peop, like, the public about games that they haven't announced yet. Like, the closest they came to that was when I was still a sage at the Nintendo forums back in the day. Uh, they did a beta test for Custom Robo. And by beta test, I mean they sent me the retail demo... Like a month before it came, a month before the game came out, they sent me like cardstock of different character art, like seven sheets of it, and then they sent me a questionnaire and they said, "Play the demo a few times, look at the character art, answer these questions about where you like the franchise, what you think of it, where you want to go from here, etc., etc." And I did that, and that's the only time that I'm aware of that Nintendo's ever done market research for a game that's not out yet with the public. So it's very strange that not only are they doing this survey, but that it got leaked like this because like they never reach out to the public it's usually focus groups when they sign an nda or something but here we are here's the survey and by the way the custom robo beta thing i felt very special being able to do that i had to return the disc though which Aww. was lame uh i mean it makes sense it's their demo disc but anyway so the survey suggests that the localization of um tomodachi collection is actually pretty far along they're keeping the name first of all uh, I wonder how many people are going to be like, what's a Tomodachi? Is it like a Tamagotchi? Like, but, <laughs> it literally means friend. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But um, most people won't know that. But it's pretty far along to, in the sense that Nintendo, for the survey, they released a whole bu- they include a whole bunch of screenshots in English. And then shortly after that, a French trailer got leaked, which shows the voice work completely redone in French, working pretty seamlessly. So having that kind of 
robotic sound to it, but definitely in French and not Japanese. And uh, they also included the basic pitch of the game in the survey. So it looks like, I mean, the pre- they summed up the premise pretty easily because the game's kind of weird. But basically they described it as you create a me character, you create all the other me's in your world of this character, and then you, you know, you just have them live out their lives. You get to customize your me, you get to customize the other me's. The me's can be anyone, it can be your friends, it can be your, uh, your parents, it can be a crush, it can be a celebrity. These are how they're pitching it. And, uh, and then you just see what they do. And it seems like the big market, like, it's like Animal Crossing, but with people you create. Sort of. Weird. It's kind of weird. But the the interesting thing is, it seems like Nintendo's trying to leverage the hook of, you never know what people you know might do. Like, they're like, for example, this is, I'm just going to read it. This is what it says in their little survey. They ask things like, direct quote here, can you imagine your mom dancing to a techno song? Your favorite star becoming best friends with you? That's the angle they're taking. They're like, well, maybe in real life this won't happen. (laughs) But you know, in this video game... That little caricature of that person you made, well, they'll do it. That's just like real life. Buy it. That's their pitch. Now, it's not a bad pitch by any means. It's just kind of funny. Because you know what? I've never once asked my mom to dance to techno music or even had the thought of dance, have my mom dancing techno are music. You too, Dubstep. Are, are you now that it's in your head? What? Are you going to? No. Something? No. I have heard my Okay. So my mom buys now CDs, like the hits collections. So I have heard... Skrillex playing in the presence of my mom, like full on dubstep, and she's just having it in the background, which is weird. But I've never once imagined her dancing to it. Oh. I don't know how you dance to dubstep, fist pump. I, I don't know. But uh, so yeah, that's what Nintendo's doing with Tamodachi Collection. It's huge in Japan, so it makes sense that Nintendo does want to bring it to the states. And we still don't have an official announcement. We still don't know when exactly it's happening. But based on that leaked trailer, based on the survey, it's probably coming sooner rather than later. So it's one of those things that like, I feel like we need to know a little more about, but I'm intrigued just on the premise. Not the premise of my mom dancing techno. The premise of a game where that's super customizable and does on-the-fly, real-time voice work. So it, 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 nothing else that's intriguing to me. So, so for a game called basically Friend Connection, is there uh, any way to connect with friends? Probably. I have no idea. I haven't researched <laughs> it that much. I'm sure there is. I'm sure there's Wi-Fi components. And I'm sure there's stuff like trading items like Animal Crossing and that sort of thing. Oh. But you could probably visit your friend's city or world or whatever it is. And then... And see who their crushes are. Only to find out that you're already in their city doing all these weird things. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's like... It, it's funny because uh, Tomodachi Collection actually starred... Do you remember Nintendo did this demo for a thing called Talent Studio? I think it was back originally the N64. Then it became a GameCube thing where they had like Troy Water like singing karaoke at like an E3 press I conference. I remember footage of him. Right, that's what I mean. Yeah, he himself was not singing karaoke. He yeah, not Yeah, this evolved out of that. It was originally Talent Studio, and it was just like a build your own little weird experiment for your me, and then it became this. So, or well, it wasn't even me's at that point. It was just special avatars. The me's weren't a thing. Me's me's themselves came out of this, and then the game followed. So, a little interesting history lesson for you. And uh, you know, kind of on the other side of the spectrum, from a game that's so barely announced, it's not even really real yet, is something that was not only announced but is already here. Another kind of out of no, kind of quick little announce and release thing like Sonic, and that is Game Boy Advance on Virtual Console is now live on the Wii U. So, uh, it's weird. I was actually tempted to buy one of the games, even which though one? I already own them. Which one? I, was, I don't know why. I was tempted to buy Metroid Fusion, even though I already have it twice. Well, here's the thing. And I've already beaten it three times. Here's the thing. Nintendo's actually putting some effort into these. They have... It's not just like a straight-up emulation or a straight-up, uh, you know, ROM or anything. They're actually 
doing stuff, which kind of would justify a purchase if you are interested. They actually enlisted uh, M2, the guys that did Sega's 3D Classics line, you know, like the 3D-ified Outrun and everything. They had they, those guys do this, so it's more than just a straight port. I mean, it is a port, but they're adding to it. So, like, they actually took the time to manually scan every yeah, single manual. Yeah, the manual thing is pretty cool. Yeah, so um, for those who don't know, on if you look at a Game Boy Advance game on the Wii U, it's obviously black-bordered because they're not widescreen. And in the corner is a little question mark button, and when you press it, it opens the menu as a, uh, literally a scan that you can zoom in on, you can turn pages on, and it's, it's just... Are they in color? It's, yeah, they're in color, they're high res. They're repar- there's the manual from each region, so like Europe has their manuals, America has their manuals, but I don't think they, I don't think you can do both, but, you know. And on top of that, um, on the, you can have the manual on the gamepad and the game on the TV at the same time. They're using both screens. So it doesn't like pause your game like a normal digital manual does on Wii U. It actually lets you keep playing on the TV while you have the manual open on the gamepad. Which, that's kind of cool, I think. Like, that's a clever that use. That is pretty cool. Um, and on top of that, because uh, the GBA... You know, the GBA was a weird little system. Like, its screen size was a super weird resolution. It was 240 by 160, which is like nothing. It's not widescreen. It's not 4 by 3 It's some, like, made-up dimension. So as such, you can't just blow up game to the tv and have it be a full nice image so they actually have a couple different ways to address that uh and these are all features of the emulation that you can turn on and off for example you can change the resolution between original where it will fill the screen like it'll be a you know a scaled up version but will obviously be a little more black bordered or you can do like a special uh resolution where it's uh pixel perfect mm-hmm. like just in Wait, I said this backwards. There's original resolution where it's pixel perfect scaled up, and then they have like the default one where it's like a 6.75 scale. So it's kind of like it fills the screen a little better, but it's like not quite the same. Like they kind of stretch it and move it around and stuff. But to fix any issues that are caused by that, they have a screen smoothing option. Anytime on the right stick on the gamepad, you can just flick on screen smoothing, and it'll like round out the edges and make the diagonal lines not look jaggy and that sort of thing. Like anti aliasing kind of? Kind of. Not quite anti aliasing, but yeah, like anti aliasing anti-aliasing like halfway like it'll still look like a sprite but it'll be smoother yeah so so that's kind of nice but and they also i don't know if you noticed but early game boy advance games before they had the sp with the backlight um the coloring was not they had to crank the coloring up so these games they put the colors back what their natural level should be so we're playing on that's the why but that's yeah but that's why like on the ambassador games on 3ds some of the games look really dim because apparently they were super bright on the Game Boy and then turned off that extra brightness, so they dropped back down. But with this one, they like they turned it off but then re-optimized it to what it should have looked like without the enhancement, but with the natural coloring, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, so yeah, they put Something a lot of work into it. a lot of people probably it. won't even notice. Oh, of course, but yeah. for us diehards. But that's still a lot of stuff that, like, if you were to buy another Metroid Fusion, and that's, of course, on top of Miiverse integration. Or yeah. not integration, but having a community. And screenshot abilities. So there's a lot. I mean, they definitely put work into it. So Metro Fusion came out, as you said, as did Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga and Advance Wars. All of those were out this past Thursday. Yeah, I third. really, really recommend Mario and Luigi. And Metro Fusion. Yeah, and Metro Fusion. And Advance Wars. Advance Wars is good. I, don't know I love Advance Wars. The original Advance Wars, fun fact, was supposed to come out on September 11th. I don't remember if it ended up coming out that day or if they delayed it, but it was coming. No, wait. It did come out that day. Really? Because how would they have delayed it? They didn't know it was happening. By the way, I mean it's 2001, September 11th. Not just a September 11th. I mean the September 11th. Uh, I said that way too chipper. But, uh, yeah, no, it came out the same day. So there's, so there's a... And it sure... And that event did advance war and lead to a whole new bunch of wars. Wow, that's an awful pun. Okay, so after... Uh, those, those, those are out already. 
Then this coming Thursday on April 10th, we're getting WarioWare Mega Microgames and Kirby and the Amazing Mirror. Week after that, we're getting Golden Sun and the original F-Zero Maximum Velocity. Just putting this out there, GP Golden Legend. Sun wasn't uh, an ambassador game, right? Mm, I don't think so. But just put this out there, GP Legend's the better F-Zero on Game Boy Advance. Just saying. Even though it's based on the failed anime. Better. Uh, and then on April 24th, we get Yoshi's Island Super Mario Advance 3. So that's what's coming to America. Mm, so Super Mario World 2, Mario Advance 3. Yeah. So really, it should just be called Super, Five. Super Mario One, Super Mario Advance Two, two Mario Advance three. three, Mario Game Boy Title Number Four. No, it is three. Uh, I try yeah, to find. Aren't they also releasing Super Mario World? Not here. That's what oh. sucks. So that's what we get here in America. Yeah, but we already in have Super Japan, Mario World, the actual Super Mario right, World. Right, but here's what Japan's getting. I'm just going to rattle off the list. So this month, in the month of April, in addition to everything I just said, Japan's also getting Advance Wars 2, Kirby Nightmare in Dreamland, Mario World Super Mario Advance 2, Wario Land 4, Zelda Minish Cap, and Mario Tennis Power oh, Tour. How come America never gets all the good games at once? I know Nintendo likes to stagger their releases, but if Japan can do it, America can do it. In fact, Advance Wars 1 and 2 are together in Japan. It's 1 plus 2. Wow. What are you doing, NOA? What are you doing? They've given up. I think it's like they go, wait, we have nothing after Mario Kart. Well, we can release Game Boy games all summer. It's going to be the summer of Game Boy. Wait, wait and see. I guarantee it. Uh, it's also worth mentioning... That's disappointing. A little. A little. It's also worth mentioning, though, that uh, a lot of these games on the list, even just for America, are really good. Like, you recommend... We already recommend a few, but um, some of them are even our favorites, I'd say. Way back in last July of 2013, we compiled our top GBA games. We each picked two, and we did a flashback article about them. And for those of... I know, right? For those of you listening who don't know what that is, we, we basically call out our favorite games, write a little blurb about them, like kind of reflect on them, and then Jose does some awesome artwork to represent each game. And so if we did Game Boy Advance way back in July, and two of our four picks are now available, or this month will be on the Wii U virtual I think console. all of our picks are available throughout Yes. Yes. Oh, uh, no. Not all. Well, of them. Yes. Because uh, I picked four swords as well, but that's already been a DSiWare tile that yeah. you can download. Oh, no, that's not Wii U. Well, yeah, I no. Picked... Three out of the four are available. will be on Wii U virtual console. Have been confirmed for Wii U virtual console, but if you want to see the full list, Go check out Flashback Volume 4. It's about halfway down Ramtown.com's homepage. It has a picture of a Game Boy Advance. That's how you know it's about the Game Boy Advance. So you could just click on it and, and take in Jose's awesome art and maybe read the words that go with it if you feel like it. If not, it's cool. I understand. I know you're a busy person. So um, that's so that's what's going on with the Flashback. I just, I just wanted to plug that because it, it's relevant. Um, but yeah, depending on which game you end up buying, the prices Elibits. do... Halibut. That was a thing. Halibut? Halibut. Elibits was a thing. What prop Elibits? Um, you said something that sounded like Elibits. Elibits was a thing. A, a Wii launch tile by Konami, a first-person zapper game where you had little Elibits around your house and you, and you used physics to grab a little uh, electric, like a uh, electric hand of sorts to uh, to move things and find the Elibits. And somehow it was the only first-person shooter to give me a headache. <laughs> I don't know why. I think it's because it felt detached from everything. Like you didn't feel like you were grounded. You were just kind of floating. Yeah, I just riled that off the top of my head, by the way. Anyway, uh, so depending on what Game Boy Advance games you get, going back to those for a minute, pricing does vary. It's either six ninety nine or seven ninety nine, depending on like the name attached to it. Like WarioWare is six ninety nine, for example. Uh, and you know, at first I thought those prices were a little high, but then I read about what M two was doing with all the emulation and the manuals and the options, and they don't seem that crazy. Yeah, it's only and, a buck and, more. And, and, and than I mean, they're Super really Nintendo. good games. I mean, they are. If you want like to always justify the amount of money for a game, you could always just think back. All right. Like the whole movie theater thing. Like, uh, you're paying, how much, like 14 bucks for two hours? Yeah. They're definitely going to get more than two hours. That is true. And for you're half paying the half price. the price, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you're seeing it in 3D, the movie, 
Well, you can get a 2D experience for yeah. for even less than half the price. So if you end up playing a game for more than 100 hours or a ridiculous amount, you're stealing from the, the people. Like Yeah, literally, Nintendo will will have the police charge you with theft. Yeah, I think you're enjoying it too much. <laughs> you, you should have bought something else by they, now. They will come to your home and take your Wii U. That is what will happen. So you have to find that sweet spot about 80 to 90 hours. Because once you hit 95, Nintendo's watching. It is worth noting uh, that a lot of these games if, are already ambassador games on 3DS. So a lot of people already have ways to play them digitally. But that doesn't necessarily need, mean just you can't play yeah. it on your TV now. If they so. weren't ambassador games, I probably... Or if I guess if I didn't have them as ambassador games, I probably would have bought definitely bought a Metroid Fusion and Warland 4 whenever it comes out. Yeah. Quite frankly... Especially because they're on the handheld already, and that's how we originally played them. Yep. So it just feels more natural. Yeah, quite frankly, I don't see a reason to buy any of the current games. Mm-hmm. I love what they're doing with the emulation, but I have at least the Game Boy Advance copies of, I think, all of them. Almost all of them. Maybe not the Kirby's. And I have Ambassador copies of, like, half of them on my 3DS. So it's kind of like, why? <laughs> but if there's one that comes along that I missed out on somehow... Originally, Minish Cap fell under that category. But now give, I have it on Ambassador, so... Yeah, if they give us a discount somehow... By knowing that you have the ambassador version. Oh, they know. It's know. in our eShop history. No, not that, not that, not that if they gave us one. They won't. I know they this won't. This is Nintendo. I know. Let me put it this way. Along with these games, in April, they also announced that Super Mario Bros. 3 is coming to the Wii U and 3DS eShops on the same day of April 17th. Five bucks. Each. Not together. Each. So, unless they... Unless I'm misreading unless it. Unless you have the Wii version... Well, then you get the discount. But they're they're like, hey, it's on both systems on the same day. Go check it out and pay for it twice. So there's no way they're giving us Ambassador games for free or on Wii U or discounted or anything yeah. like that. Unless Mario secretly is going to be a new approach where it's like buy one, get both, which they could announce in the next couple of weeks. Why couldn't they fix that and be more like PSN in that sense? Eventually. Well, that's why while I was saying at their financial briefing back in January that they want to unify everything and have it be like Nintendo's – the platform is the Nintendo service, not so much the system. So ultimately, yes, that's how it will be. So I'm kind of holding out hope that maybe Mario will be the first of that. And they'll be like, hey, buy one, get both. But who knows. Um, there are some other virtual console news worth, worth mentioning, though. And that is that Capcom announced their plans for uh, Mega Man, the Game Boy Mega Man games, which they already hinted or said would be coming to the virtual console on 3DS. And now they're... More support from Capcom. Yeah, and now they're approaching. So their plan, by the way... Their plan is for you to set their plans. So they're doing a poll right oh, now. That worked out the last time they told people to do that. I know, right? Mega Man Legends 3. But uh, they are holding a poll on their website, Capcom uh, Unity, right now. So it's going to end up not coming out. Yeah, basically. Yeah. But you can pick between Mega Man 2, 3, 4, or 5, being the first to launch on the you US eShop. Already okay, then 3, 4, 5. 2, 3, and 4 are already out. But the, they, they were are. choices. No, no, no. The NES ones are out. These are the Game Boy ones. Oh. Game Boy. Oh. There's a difference, yeah. yeah it's like Donkey Kong Land. <laughs> it's like Land versus Country for Donkey Kong. But, uh, yeah, so Mega Man 2, 3, 4, and 5, you can choose between. Or you could say, you know what, I don't want the real Mega Man. I want Mega Man Extreme, that's with an X and no starting E. Just X-Stream, 1 or 2, to come out first. So the polls up at Capcom Are Community... Are versions of Mega Man X? It's somehow related. I don't remember, to be honest. But uh, the polls on Capcom, uh, Capcom Community right now, it's open until April 14th which is a week from when this goes up, roughly. So, uh, yeah, if you're interested, we have the link on the blog post for this episode on the site, or you just go to Capcom Unity's own website and go vote. Kind of cool that they're letting fans choose, actually. Yep. I'm hoping fans pick the hardest-to-find game. Like, just because, like, why would they get one that's so readily available versus, like, one of the rarer ones? 
you know. Well, I guess we'll find out in their judgment. I guess we will on April 14th or in May. But yeah, that's pretty much it for the uh, major news. There is, of course, some indie stuff to discuss. Like, major is a major publisher, but there is some indie stuff to discuss. Some new developments and tidbits and things. Yep. And uh, I think the first thing we could cover is probably... um, Do you remember that game, Colt County? The one for 3DS? Yeah, from Renegade Kid. It was going to be a first-person survival survival horror game. I'm excited about that. I love the Rebel Horror games. Yeah, and it was... Even though it, I haven't played that many, but I love the ones I played. <laughs> right, yeah, and this one, it's from the guys that didn't mention and Moon, and, you know, Ranget Kid. We all know Ranget Kid. I've seen those games so many times when I go to Best Buy and I always want to buy them. Just buy it! Moon Chronicles is on the eShop right now! The first episode of Moon Chronicles is out. already? Yeah, it came out last month. Buy it, talk about it on the show in two weeks. Moon Chronicles Done came out a month ago. It came out in late March, so a couple weeks ago. Last no. month, not a month ago. I'll put it this That's way. impossible. No, it's not. I feel like I've been. Thinking. You know, you know how I know it's not possible because they already submitted the first patch to Nintendo today I, or yesterday I or whenever. Finding out right now. Go ahead. I'll talk about Colt County. Go for so, it. I thank you for your permission. So, <laughs> well, we were saying it was on 3DS, but that's not the case anymore. Um, it's not going to be a full-fledged console game with uh, the Wii U as the leading version, and that will be kind of everything else in the world, PS4 through Mac. You know, and as well as Xbox One and PC and whatnot. And now that 3DS version we were talking about is actually going to only be a stretch goal. Yes, I said stretch goal because Renegade Kid, for the first time in their history, is going to be funding the game with a Kickstarter campaign. They're looking oh, to wait, raise so so five hundred eight thousand dollars. The 3DS version is going to be a stretch goal now. Yeah, basically, it's not happening. They realize the scope of their project's bigger than what the 3DS can do, so they're going to go console and then double back to handheld okay. if they hit their stretch goal. I would have preferred this kind of game on a. On a console. Well, you can use the gamepad and it's kind of... Oh, on a console. I thought you were going to say handheld. Yeah. I already had my answer ready to go. Too bad I said the wrong thing. Yeah. But, yeah, so they're looking for $580,000 to make it happen. Um, they also shed a bit more light on what Colt County will be. And it is a survival horror game, but they're calling it a slow burn horror game. It's, uh, in many ways, it's kind of like Dementium in the sense that it's going to be, you know, very survival horror with, um, with a heavy storyline. But instead of being, like, in-your-face scares, they're doing more, like, creepy, atmospheric, isolation style. You know, you're isolated and everything's weird and what's happening situation. So basically, uh, the player's going to be this guy who's looking for his sister in this county that turns out to be run by a cult. That's probably where the name came from, if I had to guess. And uh, as he goes through the town, as he progresses through the game, things start to get weirder and weirder. Like, over the course of the game, it sounds like what's going to happen is the town will literally morph. So things that you saw that looked normal at one point, you'll go back and they're weird or distorted or something's wrong. And the game kind of gets under your skin and in your head and whatnot. So it's Return like, of Darkness um, style. Yeah. Yeah. So for the Kickstarter campaign, um, everyone who supports the game is getting their name in the credits. And for uh, they get to vote on certain aspects of the game, such as yeah, so enemy design. What? So my name's going to be in the credits? You already backed it? Yeah, I backed it the day it was announced. Oh, well then, yes, your name's in the credits. And depending on how much you backed, Jose, or no, you are a backer, which means you get help with sound design choices and and uh, enemy designs or grab polls and whatnot that you get participated participate in. I, I like to think that... Um, your your voice that, makes a difference? That, yeah, because, I mean, um, well, but, Shantae got, got fully funded and I backed it, so clearly it got backed because I was in it, so... Yeah. So, but, Maybe yeah, that logic. it's it's strictly your doing. If you don't, ba- if you didn't back uh, Shantae, it never would have happened. This, my number name was already backed when you helped. I, no, or? I backed it like six hours before it closed. It already met its uh, oh. normal goal by backed in time for the Wii U oh. stretch goal or something like that. So you just, I want to guarantee that I would. That oh, but you're Wii getting a copy, right? Because you, yep. yeah, yeah. Uh, so it just says release date to be determined for Moon. Yeah, it's out. It says to be. Determined. Okay, you know what? Why are you on your iPhone? Where's your 3ds? Um, it's in San Diego. 
Cool. Okay. Elvis. What? Where's his 3DS? Why is it in San Diego where you usually hang out instead of up here with us? We are stopping our po- It's still going, the podcast. Yeah, you can look at the little uh, Mike's red light. It's going. We want a real answer, and we want our, lis- our, our listeners demand an answer. I was borrowing it so I could beat the DLC for Phoenix Attorney? Ace Attorney? <laughs> Phoenix Attorney? <laughs> Did you beat it? Ace Right. Ace Right. Ace Right. And yeah, I beat it. And then you're like, well, I don't need the 3DS anymore, so you just put it somewhere never to be seen again. Alright. There you go, folks. Elvis was playing a game with that 3DS. It was a great game, too. It was, it was a great good game, cause. Too. Now I get to play the DLC. Well, anyway, Moon Chronicles is out. Eventually. <laughs> Moon Chronicles is out. Thank you, Elvis. You can go back to Borderlands now. Uh, <laughs> I'm still, I you're welcome like it was a serious I'm still question. waiting to find out what solid evidence go to Ranket Kids website or Wikipedia it doesn't say anything anyway I'll keep talking about Colt County this this grinded to a halt by the way so uh, <laughs> yeah so you how much did you back 15? Um, the early backer, so I think it was 15 okay yeah, the if game you back, would normally cost 20 right. I'm assuming yeah if you backed 30 or 60, you could have gotten access to the PC beta or alpha build, which is actually kind of neat. Yeah, but I don't think my computer would be thrown. Well, you're on a Mac, so there's that problem. That too. (laughs) But but yeah, so that's the other thing they're doing. And you know, normally we don't talk about Kickstars that aren't yet funded, but I feel like we can make the exception for Randy Kid for a couple reasons. He has a pretty good pedigree going. He has a good pedigree. You backed it. Wow, I type Moon Randy Kid. (laughs) <laughs> Good job. But yeah, I mean, Reggae Kid is really well established in the Nintendo world, so it makes sense that we would cover a new thing by them. And more importantly, the game's happening regardless of the funding. It is for sure a real game. The question is, will the funding meet its goal and allow them to produce it in a timely manner, or is this going to be drawn out for a few years? I actually read so. the AMA, and um, there's a lot of interesting stuff on there. Like, yeah, they're got, for example, the Wii U version will have Wiimote Nunchuck support, if you prefer that over GamePad. Yeah. I mean, we use the lead SKU, I believe. I think I already said that. It might get um, Connect support. Maybe. Oh, God. Like, that matters to that, us. But that'd be weird. Reach yeah. for the door handle. Just extend your arm forward. Yeah, well, pretty much it came down to, like, if it makes sense, they'll put it in after. Voice would make sense. Have. Voice or doing, oh, yeah, like, body like, temperature, like, like, um, like, measuring, like, the hairs on your arm, oh, which Connect 2 can do. I thought you were saying, like, dead space on the computer where um, it could... It heard you... No, it was with Connect, not on computer. But it heard you curse and would and ramp up every time you curse. Something curse'd. like that. Yeah. Like yeah, it's Xbox 360 had that feature. But, yeah, so that's the first indie thing to talk about, and that's uh, Colt County. The second is another not-quite-funded Kickstarter, but we're going to make another exception and talk about it, and that's Hex Heroes. So, it's a Wii... Like, it's a escape, w- except it isn't. At all. Well, I mean, it's different. It's design. Yeah, but, so Hex Heroes is also a Wii, or is a Wii U exclusive, and it's also in the process of being made, or getting funded, so it's not there yet. So, ranking yeah, so that I've exception. seen a Kickstarter that's actually, like... Just for the Wii, that actually takes everything into account as oh, opposed yeah. to it just making it a stretch goal. Yeah, it's really nice because this game is built around the Wii. I mean, in many ways, it's kind of weirdly like Smash Bro- the Smash Bros. of the indie world. I mean, there's no fighting in it, but they're doing all these cameos of indie characters, So it's kind of, and they're unveiling them in a very Smash Bros.-esque manner. Like, actually, they're parodying the Smash Bros. unveil, so it's straight up. But So right now, we know that uh, Max from Mutant Muds, Rusty from SteamWorld Dig, and Shovel Knight from Shovel Knight are all going to be in this game. But, of course, the question is, what is this game so what is is uh a party rts is what they're calling it it's a five play it's for up to five players to work together and they're going to be doing a mix of like resource management and uh that sort of, and like implement you know building things and going into battle and so that sort of thing i, I think the together it would be um like a multiplayer version of um of an rts warcraft 
Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what an RTS is, a real-time strategy game. Yeah. But yeah, so how it works is four players are the actual uh, people collecting resources and completing objectives, and they're doing that on the TV, split screen. And then the one person on the gamepad, who's player five, is the, like, overseeing the whole operation. So they're the one deciding where to build things. Where They're the ones deciding what attributes to give to what players and when to give them stat boosts and for what. So it's really like this cooperative thing where you need four people doing all the scavenging and all the fighting, and then one guy is kind of like the manager of everything. And it's a, re- it's a really unique way of using the gamepad. Like, an, an asymmetric gameplay device we haven't yet seen, where it's... Like, we've seen one versus four, but we've never seen one plus four quite like this. So, so those four players who are actually like out there gathering items and whatnot, they uh, they get to be one of two. They get to be a combination of two out of eight classes. So there's going to be some variety they can pick. And um, actually, whoever uh, kickstarts this game gets to help pick what some of those classes will be. They've only determined half of them so far. So people get to submit ideas, and so that's kind of a nice, unique thing that most kickstarters don't do. Is you actually get to have a very big impact on the gameplay itself. But uh, on top of you know, on top of the um, just the core gameplay mechanic of that, they're also going to leverage it in some different ways across different modes. For example, there's going to be a horde mode where you're just going after wave of wave, wave after wave of enemy. There's going to be a, a layer mode, which kind of sounds like Call of Duty Zombies, where you're going to basically make sure that enemies don't get into sealed off layers, and you have to keep them at bay. And then if you don't have friends to play with, there is a full-fledged single-player mode, and there's going to be online one-on-one battles, so you can do everything from the gamepad, opposed to having your friends be the ones out scavenging and fighting. Cool. So it's actually a pretty cool concept. And um, as if that wasn't enough, they also got the developer... Uh, sorry, they got the composer, Banjo-Kazooie, to do the soundtrack. So it's got Banjo-Kazooie style music. I used to know his name. Uh, I Garth something. I had it. But then I didn't save it. And um, right now, they want the developers at Prismatic Games want to make eighty thousand dollars. Want have a goal of eighty thousand dollars, and they're at about eighteen thousand at the moment, closer to nineteen thousand in all honesty. So hopefully they hit this goal, just because it's like a like I said, it's a really clever, new, different way of using the gamepad. So so yeah, uh, it's something to we have a we have on. a Kickstarter link to we have a link to both this Kickstarter and Colt. Uh, Cole County on the blog post for this episode, once again, episode 67. You're not going to find Moon. I know you're still... To be determined. All right, hang on. Uh, now, here's the problem. I'm the one that had... Oops, I opened a chair. Now, here's the problem. I'm the one... Hold on. I'm the one that is currently uh, doing, like, the news, but now here I am Googling for Moon. So, yeah. You're wrong. I'm not. Considering they just put in a patch to Nintendo. I don't think that was... You know what? Maybe it did get delayed. Told you. I think it probably got delayed. All right. I wouldn't know. No, well... How would you? You don't have your 3DS. Yeah, it could I, come out this week and you wouldn't know. Yeah, but I follow him on Twitter. I'm pretty sure he would have said something. Uh, okay. You could have said that right from the start. I would have been like, okay. Yeah, because, like, yeah, he definitely has not tweeted that it's been released. Yeah. All right. Never mind. Back on track. Back on track. There's another indie game. Totally different than the two we just talked about because it doesn't need funding, apparently. And that's called Hover. It's actually really cool. Okay, so so this is a Wii. Uh, this is kind of Wii U. It's kind of a mashup of Mirror's Edge and Jet Set Radio, and it looks pretty awesome based on the alpha footage they showed. Like just off the alpha footage, it looks very cool. And uh, essentially, it's a parkour racing. Are game. they just calling it alpha footage so no one bashes the visuals? No, they're saying it's alpha because it's very. It's four months in development. It's alpha, oh. but it's uh, the game's like I was starting to say is is like a parkour racer. So players, um, you're ranked through a 3D open world. 
you're performing tricks and basically trying to keep your like speed at maximum. Game? The Sunset Boulevard or Sunset? Yeah, kind of. Or like Mirror's Edge. I don't even know what if it's called. I don't have Mirror, I've a, uh, Sunset. Miami? I don't remember what it's called, but I have a shirt from from it when I tried Xbox One during E3 at the Microsoft Store here oh. in LA. Uh, oh, that's right. That was the same. Yeah, they gave me an awesome Sunset Overdrive. Yeah. And they gave me a really cool. Yeah. They gave me a really cool shirt actually. Like if I if I didn't feel like I was betraying Nintendo's trust, I mean I'm not a fanboy. What? No, but uh, this game does look like does look cool. So you're parkouring. And it's like a race. So there's multiple people on screen at once, and the whole game's presented in a very Jet Set Radio like cell shaded graphic style and they even got the composer of the Jet Set Radio soundtrack to do music for this a lot oh. of big game composers doing indie projects so it wasn't now. just a coincidence that that no that it, no it's on purpose and you can either run in third based on the alpha footage it looks like you can either run in third person or in first person just like in Mirror's Edge or Sunset Overdrive so um I don't think you can run in third person in Mirror's Edge no I'm saying just no 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 like it's just like in Mirror's Edge no in this game you can either run in third person or like in Mirror's Edge in first person yeah but you said it the other way around yeah, yeah. thank you uh, yeah, so the game's story, as cool as the game looks, the story's a little insane, and not in a good way. Uh, so, in this futuristic world of Hover, uh, the government's decided to ban video games and consoles. So, what do you do? Well, parkour. apparently all gamers are parkour experts. They, like, gamer and freerunner are just one and the same in the future, if, as it is today. And <laughs> Makes sense that the most active thing you could do is paired with the most inactive thing you could do. Actually, it's kind of true, but yeah, the irony of it all. But no, they. Uh, so here's here's what they're doing. These free running parkour video game enthusiasts are off distracting the authorities by free running and parkouring. I'm just using synonyms now. While the real whoever are convincing the government to overturn the ban, either by hacking or something else. So you're off free running while some other plot lines happening where they're convincing the government to allow video games. Hmm. So next time you want to protest something, you know, if you don't like the NSA eavesdropping on you, you don't like, uh, you don't like if you're in Russia and you don't like how your government's handling the Ukraine situation, uh, you know, just go do parkour. It's the best protest method according to Hover. Uh, but no, in all honesty, it does look like a really cool game. And that alpha video that they put out, uh, that was three people in four months that made that. So it's a really small team, and it looks impressive. So that's coming out sometime in the future. They haven't announced a date, but it's definitely one I'm keeping an eye on. It looks super cool. Um, by the way, its full name, which I refuse to say out loud, but I'm going to, Hover Revolt of the Gamers. Uh. So, like I said, the plot line is not the greatest. Um, the final indie game worth mentioning is For the actually... rebellious crowd, the what? rebellious age. The what? For those younger gamers. I guess. Oh, what? Like an eight-year-old's like, I'm going to parkour now! No, I'm more like we're like the 1821. Yeah, making ourselves sound like we're really old. Dude, we're not. We're, <laughs> I know, yeah. We're, we're not that far away. We're, I'm four years older a than a 21 year a bad joke. Yeah, go. Dude, yeah I, I can't. Uh, no, the final game that we're gonna, that's worth mentioning probably is actually an old game that's coming back. As we discussed last episode, as you may recall, uh, Sword, and, Sword and Soldiers 2 is coming to Wii U as an eShop exclusive, at least at first. So to prep, I guess, Wii U owners for the arrival, uh, Ronimo enlisted two tribes. They're the guys that make uh, Tokitori, Rush, Edge, basically one of our one of the show's favorite developers. We talk about them all the time. They enlisted them to bring over the first Sword and Soldiers in HD. And yet so, they lost all faith in Tokitori. I know. Well, they didn't lose faith in it. The public refused to support it. There's a difference. 
Tokitori 2, for those that don't know what I'm talking about, they oh. tweeted that Tokitori 2 well, didn't meet expectations. Tokitori will ever sway the public to buy more of them? I mean, they might try again in a decade. They're saying don't count on it. Yeah. Basically, they announced, for those that don't know, that they're done with Tokitori. It's a legacy game now. They're not going to like make new ones. But in the meantime, they're making Sword and Soldiers HD, which is based on the iOS version of the game. Uh, it's going to have gamepad support. It's going to allow for full-touch support or... If you want, you can use a Wiimote point, uh, the pointer of a Wiimote to do it since it's a point-and-click game. Uh, the gamepad can also be used for multiplayer, so one person can be on TV and one person can be on the gamepad, which is kind of nice. And uh, beyond that, that's pretty much it. You can switch between the controls on the fly, which is kind of nice. If you want to use a pointer and you're like, I don't like it, and switch to the, game, to the gamepad touchscreen. But it's pretty bare-bones because they're considering an introduction to the series. So Ronmo and Two Tribes wanted to like keep the price down, which means not adding a whole lot of bells and whistles. For example... No DLC from the original will be in this version on Wii U, and there won't be any online play. Which kind of sucks, but it means that the price is going to be pretty cheap. At least that's what they're saying. So, So no price yet, but it should be out within the next month. So, so it's like the whole um, Super Sniper Elite situation? Yeah, the problem is, no one cared about Super Sniper Elite. (laughs) I have no idea if anyone's going to care about this, though. I feel like... I feel like it'd go two ways. It's kind of a double-edged sword because they put in the time and resources to add online, to make the deal, to, you know, port the DLC, all that stuff... It uh, that costs more, which means the price is higher, which means people won't be like it won't be an impulse buy that gets people hooked in time for the sequel. But if they leave that stuff out, a lot of people are like, "Where are the features? Why are you leaving out features?" Like they can't really win. They can't win. They can't win. But but you know one thing that can win. Check out what? this transition. Or you know one thing that did win on April Fool's Day, Google Maps, Pokemon oh. hybrid prank thing. So as was mo- it even supposed to be a prank? No, it's just a gag. Yeah, because, I mean, they... Gag. Gag. It, it came out, like, the night before. In Japan, it was the day of. That's why. Oh. It came out the day before. I was playing it the third morning of March 31st. But, yeah, so what... For those who may not have... Ha- either have a smartphone or know about it, Google Maps, uh, every year they do a prank, gag, whatever, and this year they did Pokemon. So, Google has their pitch, which came complete with a video with fake augmented reality that showed people like literally like rock climbing up to a Charizard at top of a cliff, pulling out their phone and catching the Charizard through their screen, which you don't quite do in the Google Map thing. Not or like going in a forest and like there's a Bulbasaur in the woods and you like catch it by pressing a button on your screen and then a Pokeball shoots out in the screen. Anyway, it wasn't like that. But through that video, they announced that Google Maps has so many, so many experts in different things. They can get all their data. They have divers to go underwater. They have like mountain climbers, yada, yada. So now what they need is a Pokemon master. But they need to know who the best there ever was really is. So what they did was they built a dumbed-down version of what they expect their Pokemon master to do, and that is catch all the Pokemon. So on March 31st and April 1st, and up through halfway through April 2nd, you could go into Google Maps, and as soon as you searched for a location, there'd be a Start button right under it with a Pokeball. And if you press it, and this was on iOS and Android, and if you press it, suddenly... You're transported to Google's headquarters where there's a Pokemon lab. And then you'll notice there's little Pokemon sprites all over the world. And you have to, like, find them. They're in landmarks. They're in random places. They had a Mew hidden in the Amazonian jungle. And you really had to, like, search for it. Like, it was it was impressive. So they had all 151 po- – or they had a selection of 151 Pokemon, new and old. Uh, so not the original 150, just a total of 150. And you would go around the world, and you would tap them, and a little prompt would come up, much like when you're using maps, and it's like, do you want driving directions? But instead of being a little car, it'd be a Pokeball, and you hit catch. And you catch it, a thing pops up, and it literally says, like, view Pokedex or dismiss. Click view Pokedex, and the Pokedex actually opened, and it had a picture of the Pokemon, its weight, its height, and a description of what it does, plus the ability to share on social media that you caught it. Hmm. 
So they did that for all 151 in, in Google Maps. You didn't even have to update the app on iOS. It was just like, if you had the latest version, it just appeared. I think Android, they might have pushed an update for it, but still, like, this was baked in a while ago and just waiting for the switch to be flipped, which was kind of a nice surprise. And it was elaborate. Like, they, and they're really clever, too, because, like, if you went to science facilities, like CERN, where the, uh, where the collider is and the Haldron Collider or whatever it's called in Europe, if you went there, there'd be a Pokemon lab and there'd be a ton of Pokemon at that spot. If you went to Tesla headquarters, there'd be a bunch there, a bunch at Apple. If you go to the Galapagos Islands, which is known for its exotic species, a lot of Pokemon there. If you go to the Charles Darwin Center for Evolution, of course, it has a Pokemon lab because evolution with a lot of Pokemon there. Or you could go like Times Square and it'd be like one Pokemon. Or you could go like, you know, uh, Yellowstone National Park and it'd be like one Pokemon. But so they, they're, they're having fun with it and they match the themes pretty well. Like there's this really famous fountain in, uh, not Venice in Italy, Rome, in Rome, Italy, called, I forgot what it's called, but it's this really old fountain, and they, of course, put a war turtle in the middle of the fountain. So they had, and this was like a worldwide hunt that you had to do, and they had a lot of fun with the Google people, and I had a lot of fun catching them all, and I completed my Pokedex. Well, I take that back. I got 150 out of 150, not knowing Mew was a thing, until after it ended already, and I was like, no, so I'm not a true Pokemon master. I'm just pretty close. I didn't even bother. It was fun. I couldn't, I don't know, I... I... I, I, I can't. I can't be bothered to try to catch Pokemon. I think or, part of the reason I try to catch them all. Well, it's, it's a scavenger it. hunt more than anything else. But I think part of the reason or I enjoyed any, it. Yeah, I guess that any anything that involves scavenger hunt. Part of the like reason that. I enjoyed it, I Whoa. think, is because uh, I was competing with my coworkers and boss. Oh, like that would help. Three out of the five people at, at, on my team at work were just like we were in a meeting and we were all just sitting there like shouting out Pikachu on top of Tokyo Tower or like Pikachu at Sky Tree, which is the same thing actually. Uh, like, luckily it was just a meeting among us, so it didn't matter, but it was just really funny, because, like, we'd be like, yeah, so the plan for blah, blah, there's a Pikachu at the Sky Tree, guys! <laughs> like, so that kind of added to it, and my boss and I were competing, I won. Well, well considering I work at a school and no one's supposed to have, like, their cell phone, right. I'm surprised that, I, yeah, I just, like, kind of... Yeah, but no, it was really cool, and I think the bigger, I mean, it's like, okay, yeah, that's great, April Fool's, ha, huh, that's cool. I mean, a few years ago they did a Final Fantasy Google Maps, where they reskin Google Maps as an 8-bit Final Fantasy overworld. But the thing about this one in particular is, one, is way more interactive. Two, as I said at the top of the show, it actually boosted Google Map downloads, and it went viral. It was all over the web. Like, no matter where you looked, there was an article. Time did an article about it. Time Magazine. But the uh, the big thing about this is I think it really demonstrates what Iwata was saying during their last financial briefing. Well, it, it literally gets Pokemon out there for every yeah. person ever that has, like, Exactly. It's so, such a good publicity tool. because, yeah, like, even someone that never heard of Pokemon that uses Google Maps, would be like, what? Yeah, there's, like, a weird ball with a start, so you press it and then it explains Pokemon. But, yeah, it's, um... Iwata was saying, as you may recall in the, the January financial briefing that nintendo's going to start doing more licensing partnerships where they make sense and they're going to start embracing mobile but maybe not in the ways you think like they're saying we're going to have some sort of app but we're trying to figure out a unique hook well they found their hook and they found their license and they found their unique licensing because this is exactly what nintendo needs to do because of the great publicity opportunities like this is a way that they can promote pokemon without hindering their own sales got everyone talking about pokemon and they're smart to do a mix of old and new pokemon because a lot of people like even my boss was like who's this guy i've never heard of this guy i'm like oh he's from x and y the new games he's like oh there's new games so <laughs> i should go buy them right now i should i'm just gonna stop working at 10 a.m and go buy it but yeah it was it worked i feel like like it's this is exactly the approach nintendo should take i mean if, if nintendo were to team up with google do like an actual pokemon ar game kind of like what that uh trailer of what the, you know, what what they wanted their Pokemon Master to do, if they could mimic that and actually do a game like that, I think that could be a pretty big success and not really hinder Pokemon sales. Like, this is the type of thing Nintendo should do more of. And I'm hoping this is just the start. I mean, granted, they can't milk it too much, and the part of the element of 
its greatness was its surprise, was the element of surprise. But yeah. still, it was really cool, and it was unique, and it got the word out. And I know I'm just kind of looping, but it's just like, this is exactly what Nintendo needs to do. They don't necessarily need to have... Granted, it helps to have an all-in-one app that's Miiverse and your eShop and your friends list and all that. And sure, maybe have some little here-and-there games well, just I to mean, get the word out. We, but stuff like this... Aren't we still supposed to be getting that? I mean, it was oh, we are. advertising uh, we are. their little um, action hero figure. Yeah, no, well, that could have been the mobile site. In the video, they just said check from your smartphone, oh, and you can. Good point. But and they're still bringing eShop to smartphones. But just the idea that like, do unique things where you license out your character in interesting ways, where you're not just milking it with new merchandise, which is kind of why Wa's original comment sounded like. But he's like, we're not going to do that. We're not going to become Hello Kitty. Now it makes sense. Now it now it's actually really cool. So oh. so that's my thought on the Pokemon Google Maps April Fools. The of course not every April Fools goes off particularly well. It's probably worth mentioning really briefly that Frostbite Engine had a little bit of a controversy of sorts as you may recall frostbite engine is uh going to be on or is on ps4 and xbox one but not on wii u and it will never be on wii u because they decided not to support it but that didn't stop them from heckling wii u fans so on april fools it wasn't that mean i mean the eh. tweets are like here are the tweets one was frostbite now runs on the wii u since it's the most powerful gen 4 cons- uh, platform our render is now optimized for mario and zelda it's like, okay, so you're saying, haha, we use not powerful, but that's fine. Then the other one's like, Frostbite will power Half-Life 3 coming out summer 2014, Wii U exclusive. It's like, okay, we get it, you're poking fun at the Wii U. But they did like six of these. And they got to the point where they, it's one thing to tease about the Wii U, but they were like misleading fans, which was a little I don't know, a lot of people weird. were disappointed that they're not getting Half-Life 3 on well, the Wii Well, maybe not Half-Life, but some of the other stuff, like, because originally they just said it now works. So people were like, oh, cool. And then they kind of dug in. So there's a bit of backlash. They deleted the tweets, and then the CEO of EA, Peter Moore, who used to be at Sega, and then he, uh, and then Microsoft for a while, he basically apologized to both Nintendo and fans of Wii U, saying that was uh, unacceptable slash stupid of them to tweet that, and it was not an authorized tweet. So, yeah, but it caused a little brouhaha on April Fools, and it's kind of like people are knee jerk. It's probably an overreaction. It's a bit of a knee jerk reaction, but at the same time, like have a little class frostbite development team. Like I get that you don't care about the Wii U, but you don't need to, like make fun of the people who like it and want games for it. Like, that's, that's weird. But, mm-hmm. I don't know. EA, still, EA did the right thing in the end. It's just, it was just kind of a weird, a weird little I guess after thing seeing, that I morning. Mean, also, I mean, after seeing how good um, Mario Kart 8 looks. Like, who needs Frostbite? Yeah, you kind of forget about Frostbite. Anyway. Yeah, that's true. I just thought we should probably mention it because there's like a whole brouhaha the day it happened. Yeah. But, moral of the story is, just don't do that. <laughs> So that's, that pretty much wraps it up for the news. There is, of course, uh, games we've been playing. Specifically, one game I've been playing, which is Pokemon Battle Trozy. Yeah, because I didn't have out. my 3DS. Yeah, you didn't have your 3DS, so you couldn't have played anything. Uh, but I played Pokemon Battle Trozy. on the Wii U. Play anything new? That's what I thought. Okay, so yeah. we have the so Pokemon Battle Trozy. I guess I'll just kind of run through my impressions, tell you a bit about it. It's, uh, it's an interesting game because... Um, I still know how it works, but... Yeah, well, I'll, I'll explain it all. But it's interesting because the like the adapting a popular franchise to a puzzle game really it's been done a million times before. It's nothing new, right? Like we're we've seen it all the time. I mean, Pokemon does it a ton. Pokemon Puzzle Leash just pounded upon, or Tetris Attack. Pokemon Pinball. Pokemon Pinball just pinball Pokemon. Like they're they're used to you know that sort of adaption is common. But um, yeah, you know, for this one though, the developers at Genius Sonority who also do. Uh, Dempaman, who also did Pokemon XD, who also did Pokemon Coliseum, Pokemon Battle Revolution, those guys, they decided to actually tie in Pokemon to the puzzle game. So it's like a full-fledged Pokemon puzzle game. It's not a puzzle game with a Pokemon skin. 
So this makes it more unique puzzle game, but it also kind of makes it a little harder to just pick up and play unless you're like a die-hard Pokemon fan that knows your stuff. And I'll, you're giving me this look. I'll explain. So uh, first part of the basic. Yeah, the, the basic uh, gameplay is straightforward. That's relatively simple. Puzzles are divided into stages that they call zones. And in each zone, you, um, you're you going against a series of different opponent Pokemon. So you have like four or five, and you have to match Pokemon to kill them off. So um, how it works is your goal is to capture each of those Pokemon. And uh, to do it, you're basically inflicting damage by matching three or more puzzle pieces. And these puzzle pieces, in actuality, are Pokemon heads. Yeah, they power up your moves, and then once the meter fills up, then essentially, yeah, then yeah. your attack attack. Well, the I, other it's avatar, a, right? a yes and no. I mean, that is how it works on a very basic level. But there's like, it's not just like you. It's not just like you do a match, it fills up. You do a second match, it keeps filling up. You have to like time it. Oh well, yeah, and, that's I mean, it's all yeah, because like a chain or something. So yeah, because you use you're using the stylus to swap the pieces. You have to match three or more. So you just drag and tap and drag the heads anywhere on the screen. It doesn't have to even be like it's not like Bejeweled where it have to be touching or anything. You can literally go from top to bottom, and then. um the initial Pokemon trains your attack type, much like you said, Jose. And then each combo you land within a certain time frame after that starts building the attack power. So um, if you're able to match four or more, fall quickly by a standard match of three or more, you enter this thing called Trozy Chance. And when you're in Trozy Chance, the screen goes super colorful, the music gets super like happy, and um, all you need to do at that point is just match pairs of Pokemon. You don't even need to do three or four, just two. And your goal at that point is to do it as quickly as possible and try and clear the screen. And if you can do, if you can clear the screen... It then regenerates the screen, but keeps you in Trozy Chance, and then you do it again, and you can really stack up your combos. Wait, so, at that is there point. an actual like thing you do in the game that's called Trozy? Kind of how they call it? Well, the Trozying, I think, is when you uh, clear the screen, because or the Trozying is the puzzle matching oh. element. Oh, I just meant like in that's the just called a Trozy. Oh, I thought I just meant in the same sense called like Tetris. You, it's called Tetris when you clear four. Oh no, 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 not like that. Like it's like I the think, tro- well, I think Trozy when you do you're Trozying the Pokemon. It's a verb. Oh. <laughs> like when you're catching the Pokemon, you Trozy them. Apparently, which is... Did they make up the word? Of course they made up the word. But, uh, yeah, so you're, you can keep doing these chosy chances as long as you can, but the second you, like, hesitate, or the second you, uh, pause, it will stop. Like, if there's too long of a gap, it just, the chosy turns off, and that's it. Also, if you don't clear the screen all the way, the chosies turn off again, because, like, well, you don't, you know, you can't just keep chosying unless you can clear the screen completely each time you do. Now, to help you with that, they do bring in a, uh, a ditto towards the end, which actually... Um, it counts as anything. Exactly. It's a wild card. So you can have the ditto and be like, right, you know, it'll be like there's four Pokemon left, and since you can't always do the exact perfect number of combos, it'll be like you have, you know, one Charmander and two Pikachus. The two Pikachus cancel out, use the ditto on the one Charmander. That's okay. our thing. But um, the, the... Honestly, I kind of like the Trozy Chance. Even though the Trozy Chances kind of kill whatever combos you're building of three, four, or five yep. Pokemon, I do kind of like it because it's definitely the most frantic moment of the game it, there's definitely like a nice good feeling when you clear the screen right away and then clear it a second time and then clear it a third time i think the max i've done is four but uh some and of, of course though there's that thing that sometimes the matchups don't work and even if you have a ditto it might not be enough and then the trozy ends and it's, that's that's kind of sad but where it gets more complicated is when you start factoring in the pokemon themselves and this is where i was saying you kind of need to be a pokemon fan because um like a normal pokemon game different pokemon types are weak and strong against each other. So that... Do they count both types of the Pokemon, or...? No. It's or... one type, as far as I can tell. Wow. So, and not only that, but... So, basically, when you initially match... So, if it's your... just like a, like a Pidgeotto would be just straight up flying instead of flying normal. Exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah, Makes it's... Sense. And when you, uh... When you match your first... The initial match of the first three Pokemon, which sets your attack, that's the attack type that you're stuck with as you match the other. Okay. So, which makes sense. So, you can always kill the combo if you're like, oh, that was a bad idea. And it shows you an indicator if it's strong against the Pokemon or weak. But, um, 
in some and in some cases that you know you don't need that help it's like oh a charmander against a froki okay i think i know who's gonna win that one like i'm gonna use froki on charmander that sort of thing but no, uh, clever game. but it gets a little confusing when you get some of the newer pokemon at least for me because i'm not i'm like part of that large like casual pokemon fan base where like i know some stuff i don't know every single pokemon i don't know all 700 so sometimes it gets a little confusing like especially when they change especially when you have like stuff like fairy types factoring in it's like what's very weak against and you're trying to do a puzzle really quickly and if you don't do it fast enough the combo dies or if you don't do it fast enough you get attacked oh, does it take into effect um types that are unaffected by other types like completely yeah How, like... it's either strong weak or neutral Oh, so the attack either does a generic amount of damage, it either does extra damage, or it does less damage. Oh, no. And when it does extra or less, it tells no, no, you no, not no, very effective, no. super effective. No, I mean, like, in the sense how um, if you use, like, a ground-type attack against a flying-type, it just does nothing, because it's... Oh, uh, I think it just it just does not very effective. Yeah. Which is oh, basically yeah. as close as you can get to nothing. They're not going to not let you do anything, because you could be building a huge combo, and that'd be for nothing. It'd be a waste of... Eh, it could just be, like, a le- lesson learner. Okay, well, it, now it, said, I know it not says to... not very effective, and it, it literally, it's not well, very... Like, oh, it shows it moving very I mean, have you come across a situation or that you're not sure? Off the top of my head, I don't recall, either, but I've never like... had it not damage. Oh, yeah. So, I like, that's why I'm saying it's... I mean, there aren't that many types that actually do that. It's just, like, Steel, Poison, Ghost Normal, and Dragon Fairy? Yeah. That's about it. Fun, yeah, but it's just, like, I don't know. I guess what makes a hindrance, at least for me, is that, like... Not only are you dealing with, okay, well, I don't know exactly which type is which, but I guess I could figure I could feel it out. But, like, the opponent Pokemon will attack you back if you wait too long. There, You don't have a time limit in this. There are health bars along the side, and each hit from the opponent knocks you down one health, and when you run out of health bars, you know, game over. But, um, if you, if you, uh, don't attack your Pokemon fast enough, those, those opponent Pokemon are sometimes strong enough to actually break into your puzzle space. I don't know what to call it, your puzzle box, I don't know. The space where you're matching, they can actually break through the barrier from the top screen, come down, and take up space on there, so suddenly you can't do combos of four that you might have ready to go, because you only, you know, they take up like a can six by six grid. Can you combo them into something? Nope, or are they they're just... just kind of a blockade. So you, could, you huh. can damage them to the point that they disappear again, but for that time, they're just a blockade, and then they're just kind of there as a hindrance. Which is what you get as punishment for not acting fast enough against a strong Pokemon, really, which makes sense. That sounds really cool. It sounds like the no, team it has cool. really evolved from the last It is version. cool. It's actually nothing like the last one. Well, like, the last yeah. one was basically Yoshi's Cookie, and this is like totally different. But it's just kind of like, for me, who's not a diehard Pokemon fan, it's kind of annoying where it's like, I just need a split second to figure out what this thing is, and then it's like, nope, you just got. It doesn't tell you, like, on the top corner, like, oh, this is what Oh, it does, is. but I would have to do the combo, let it fail, do it again. Or do the combo and then either... Yeah, basically let it fail because I'm not going... If it's that. weak, I'm not going to want to build up the combo. I'm just going to let it do the one attack. So I'm going to have to stop, wait. And every time you attack, when the attack goes through, like after you do the combo and the attack hits, you then get to let the... Then the opponent attacks you back. Oh. So if you can string together enough combos and move fast enough, they will never attack you. But it's those gaps and those moments when you pause and go, well, what was this one again? That's when you'll get attacked. Hmm. So that's why I'm kind of like, eh. But I think another potential issue is simply that there are too many Pokemon. I hate to say it, but on on one hand, it's great. On one hand, it's great because they have every single, almost every single. They have like all 700 as of when X and Y came out, Pokemon. And uh, it's great fan service. They have a Pokedex. You can view little tidbits about each Pokemon, their height, their weight, not much, their type, not much beyond that. But the downside is it's not always clearly defined. Like the puzzle pieces themselves are not always super clear. Each zone you go through, and once again, the zones are basically stages. Each zone you go through um, has different Pokemon, naturally. 
And sometimes the Pokemon, you know, when Apollo game pieces are very distinct. There's a blue one, there's a yellow one, there's a red one. In, in this, sometimes the Pokemon's colors kind of blur together because they just kind of pick based on type and other things. There's one stage where I had, like, two different beige Pokemon, two different gray Pokemon, and a white one. And I'm like, like, as the different puzzle pieces. So it was an all gray and beige stage. And I'm like, uh, okay, so I just start, for, like, your brain eventually gets it after, like, a couple seconds. But there's that reset every time you go to a new zone where you're like, wait, so, okay, so now the orange goes with this orange, but the blue goes with that guy. Okay, got it. Like, you just have to kind of, because the colors change completely. Yeah. From stage to stage. And you're stage. not exactly matching colors. Yeah. You're not exactly matching colors. You may be matching shapes. You're matching their faces. Like, it depends on the Pokemon's yeah. design. And I do like the art style. I do like the kind of cutesy, cartoony faces. Really like how it looks from 3DS. It looks yeah. Really it looks really nice. It's super clean, super crisp, super vibrant. But it gets a little confusing when there's that many Pokemon. Uh, the one thing... Uh, yeah, the one thing that I was going to say about the Pokemon that's positive, the, like, the amount of, you know, how each Pokemon is its own thing and they have strengths and weaknesses, is they you can assign them as supporters. And every so, after a certain point of the game, you get the ability to add a supporter, which is basically you can dictate a specific Pokemon from your Pokedex to always be on the puzzle battlefield thing, the screen. Mm. So, like, no matter what zone you're in, they will take out one of the random Pokemon and plop in your guy. So you can get someone super powerful because there are different attack strengths. Like for example, I don't know anyone who I don't know why anyone would use like a Rattata when you can use like a Gyarados, which has like three out of five attack stars, which means he's more powerful no matter what strong, weak, whatever. He's more powerful. Yeah. But um, each of, and some of these supporters also have custom abilities, which is another thing to factor in when you're doing your battles. For example, wow. Chansey can heal you, so you get health back. Mr. Mime can rebuild your wall at the you know of your puzzle area if it breaks from an opponent, so they can't break in as easily again. Uh, some of them if have like a five or six combo. So if you get five of them in a row or six of them in a row, extra damage is done. Some of them have a flinch move like Raichu where it will cause the opponent, even if you pause for a minute and you don't complete your puzzle, the opponent will not attack you that go-round. Uh, there's other stuff too that I'm forgetting, but the like other different varieties of that. But basically... You have, on one level, you have just a puzzle game. Then on top of that, you have uh, the, the strong versus weak. Then on top of that, you have special abilities, which are only triggered if you make them the start of your combo. So now not only are you factoring, uh, you know, just clearing a screen with different types, but you have to go, okay, do I need to heal myself? Okay, let me find three chances specifically. It all gets, it all adds up to be kind of a frantic, but really fun experience. It's just deeper. There's more to it than a normal puzzle game. Like, you can't just pull it out. You can't just pull out the game and be like, all right, let's go. That's my first time playing. I'm just going to dive right in. You have to kind of learn it. Which, uh, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean... Something that has a lot more depth than... It does. Than the original Trozy. Yeah. yeah, it totally. And it's like... there. I, I didn't even mention the bonding system, for example. Just like in real Pokemon, the more you use a Pokemon as your supporter... You can have one supporter, but you can swap it out whenever. The more you use a Pokemon as a supporter, the better it likes you as a friend, the more powerful it becomes when you do use it in a combo. So, there, it's like everything from Pokemon is kind of plopped into this random puzzle game. And it, it works pretty well. You just have to get used to it and i mean there's even a multiplayer mode where for the super powerful pokemon you have to face you and up to four people can all team up together and battle that one pokemon co-op style where you each have your own puzzles you're clearing and i didn't mention during battles sometimes you have multiple enemy pokemon at once so you want to do bigger combos of five or six because only the six or i think maybe the fives as well will hit all the pokemon at once otherwise you're going pokemon by pokemon by pokemon but they can all attack you so it's like a pretty it's not like overly complicated but it's just you know and for eight bucks it's certainly a steal because like there's a lot going on in the game and there's a lot to it but you definitely need to kind of know the ins and outs of it once you get past that initial learning curve though i feel like it's a lot of fun i mean the game i already said the game really has a cool art style although there's no 3d because you're mostly playing on the touch screen the music's pretty good although it gets kind of repetitive 
but that's true of a lot of puzzle games. Is it a game from, I mean, is it music from the game? Or Not that I could tell. It looked like it was just generic, like... I guess I'll have to play it. Too. Yeah, and, uh, and I mean, there is good replay value, because you can go back to any of these zones you beat at any time, and they have Pokemon you can't just get if you progress normally. Like, you have to get a super good score, you have to do a certain type of combo, and then suddenly, surprise, a wild Pokemon that you didn't know would be there would pop in. Instead of there being four you could catch in the zone, there's now five. So you can go back and do that. They do show you before it starts a silhouette of all the potential Pokemon with the secret ones glowing, so you yeah. know. But you don't know how to get them necessarily. And on how top much? of that, what? Oh, I don't know. I did that how much? Oh, eight bucks. Oh, yeah, they're cheap for this much content. And on top of that, they also have a zone where every it's like called Zone Eleven or something. And every single day, it's like a long stretch. The zones, by the way, start with like you beat three, you beat four, you beat five Pokemon. But like Zone Eleven, you're going up against like fifteen of them. And every single day, in like one go with one health, you know, one uh, health yeah. bar. Every single day, though, Zone 11 refreshes the Pokemon it has. So it cycles through all of them at some point, at random. So if you like beat the game and still have Pokemon catch, you can just go to Zone 11 once a day, and it's like a way to encourage you to check out the game every day because there's new Pokemon. Huh. So there's a lot in there. And if you're, you know, if you're, if you, uh, if you're willing to dive in a little, it's definitely fun and it's definitely worth getting. It just, you know, it requires a bit more than a lot of puzzle games. It's not quite as shallow as a lot of puzzle games. Yeah. So, that's my take on Trezzy. I really enjoyed it, but I still really enjoy it. Like, it's actually quite addicting, but there's definitely, like, there were times I got really frustrated just because I didn't recognize a Pokemon or I didn't know a type or something like that. But Shame. I know. But I'm a casual fan. I admit that. But, no, it is it is a fun game. Um, but that's probably why it's getting, like, sevens from a lot of establishments and publishers and whatnot is because they're like, well, you really need to know your Pokemon to yeah. get the maximum enjoyment. Yeah, whenever I see sevens, it's really, like, if you're a big fan of it, it's an easy 10. If you're yep. indifferent, it's like a 7. See, that's how I feel about it. Because like, if you're a huge Pokemon fan, everything's going to click instantly and you're just going to have fun with it. But if but if you're kind of like me, which is like casual, it's like, oh, well, this is a little frustrating. Oh, this is kind of annoying. But when you get over it, it's still fun. Once you mm-hmm. once you let it wash over you. I'm getting two weeks from now. Yeah, it's, it's a fun game. That's when my brother That's when you get your 3DS back. But yeah, so I think that's... that's uh, yeah, our next episode, basically. Oh, man. A long time without food. Yeah, and speaking of our next episode, it actually does it for this one. So our next episode is on um, April twentieth, and it's gonna be a pretty—I would guess—a pretty big episode. I mean, we have the Smash Smash Brothers Direct coming this Tuesday. We'll have full analysis of that in our next episode. We have um, Rusty's Real Deal Baseball on the 3DS. Nintendo's weird little take on freemium that we'll share impressions of, along with whatever else we're playing, and of course, all the latest news impressions. So I guess, unless there's anything else you want to add, Jose. Um, that's a no I'm really thinking about it uh, well while you think about it I, I was going to say as always the easiest way to stay up to date on our episodes and any extras we have on the site which again are editorial about the latest happenings in the Nintendo world should there be happenings worth writing about uh, is following us on Twitter at Ram Nintendo. you could subscribe to us on iTunes or your podcast app of choice just search for Ram Nintendo. and if you want to keep up on our gaming activities I am Jason R on Miiverse Jose is Wero M or wow M W-E-I-R-O underscore O on Meverse, which is also his Twitter handle, while my Twitter handle is JSR7. So, with that said, we'll be back on April 20th with all that Smash Bros. and Rusty baseball stuff, along with who knows what else. And, stay tuned in our episode, two episodes down the road, because Nintendo's uh, full year, full fiscal year report will be out in a while. I'm sure it's going to oh. be happy to explain, a, do a lot of damage control. So, Jason Self Corner? There'll be, and there will be, oh yeah, there probably will be a Jason Sales Corner next episode as well. So it's a good couple episodes coming up, so definitely stay tuned. Keep me on the site for extras. And in the meantime, someone please do me a favor and look up what exactly the word Trozy means.